Murder Man. Hey, this is Jesse. Incinerate. You're listening to Murder Metal Mayhem. Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666 mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal Hell yeah, man. What's going on, Chris? What is happening, Pete? What is happening, Cashman? What's yeah, what's up, up Joey? Howdy. We are uh, doing that Tuesday thing like we do every week. Fuck yeah, This dude. week, though, bringing in episode 110 with a good one for you guys tonight, man. We're Hell ready yeah. to do this thing. We got the key to the situation. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, we got the usual group in here tonight, me, Chris, and Joey. Um, so good to have the three of us in here doing this. Of course, we've got our buddy CK ready in the bullpen uh, when he's called during right. metal. So. Wild Man Street. That's right, on Wild Man Street. I mean, I don't know how much more brutal you can get than living on Wild Man Street, <laughs> oh, honestly. No. You know, I mean, that's just fucking crazy. Psycho Killer Street. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but it's legit called Wild Man Street. So any of our listeners from Danbury know all about Wild Man Street. Yeah, now they know where you live, CK. <laughs> <laughs> now, last week was a good one. We had Bonesaw in here hanging out. We did that uh, Danny Rolling one, Chris. That was Man, pretty wild. He's rolling in the deep with that. Singing, I don't know what the fuck. Singing serial killer, yeah. kind of crazy. and uh, Janesville Ripper. Totally. Uh, yeah, known as the Gainesville Ripper. But, I mean, just the singing stuff was yeah. just funny. I mean, listening back to that episode was really fun. Yeah. I just... Uh, we yeah, weird captured dude, the, the conversation well, you know. Fucking psycho as shit. Like was I cool. said, a little bit. Uh, yeah, Greg. With yeah, us, it was awesome having Greg. Yeah, in having too, Greg yeah. in here was good. Uh, also known as Bonesaw. Of course, uh, the Gainesville Ripper killed five college kids in Gainesville, Florida, and a family of three in Shreveport before he was captured. So that was an interesting story. Go check it out. And so, yeah, if you missed it, good listen. We had CK. Talking about the band Atheist, which was sick. Uh, a lot of good updates. A lot of bands putting out albums right now, so it's yeah, pretty exciting. Uh, new clips coming out, new teaser videos, and it's just awesome. I mean, it's always good to see metal bands turning out the material. Uh, we also did a really funny uh, mayhem <laughs> segment with that letter from your Dude, brother Michael. It was Sunday, really funny. Sunday when uh, doing the interview with Jesse, and yeah. you come walking outside, and he's there, and you're like, you, you gonna punch me or something? It's like, <laughs> fuck no, but goddamn. <laughs> yeah, it was funny, but uh, that he, was really funny. Listen, he hit me up. He was like, "Hey, motherfucker, I got the Patreon, so I get them on Wednesday now." So I heard it. <laughs> I actually thought about yeah. that because you said I can't wait till Thursday. I'm like, oh shit, he's a Patreon. Right. He get it Wednesday whenever <laughs> when we get it, he yeah. gets it. Love you, so, Michael. <laughs> yeah, Michael, that was just so funny. That's good stuff, good stuff. Of course, we're joking around. But if you missed it, you really got to go back and listen because it was genuinely funny. Um, it broke the record for most listens to in, a, in the first 24 hours with 755 listens. Fuck so yeah. the previous record of 709 was uh, the Gary Plouchet episode. Um, and so here we go. 
uh, breaking that record with, uh, you know, almost 50 more listens. So that's really awesome. Thanks, guys. Keep it up. Yeah. yeah. And we shattered 1,000 very quickly, and it's uh, just past 1,200 or right around 1,200 at the time of this recording. So that's really cool. Uh, but tonight we got a sick son of a bitch from Alaska, Chris. We haven't covered an Alaskan serial killer yet. There's not a bunch of There's them, but there bunch. are no, a few. We've got the other one coming up. The huh? other one is Wait, coming up. Which it's almost like, in his own way, is kind of a drifter. He yeah, is. I know. That, that's Marcy, the way I was Utah. Um, yeah, Utah. Yeah, I believe so. And then uh, those, those crimes were in Alaska, but he also, you know, Washington State. Thing, right, yeah. a lot of places where yeah. he was visiting with yeah. New Hampshire or Vermont. People. He was all over the place. That motherfucker was crazy. Yeah. He was a high tech drifter killer. That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. High tech. So Israel Keys is the guy we're going to talk about tonight. And he's got to be one of the most annoying yeah. with that ha, ha, that laugh he had is fucking obnoxious. So we're going to dig into the details, but the interrogation interviews were tough to watch. He's so arrogant and smug and just a complete fucking piece of shit. Which is funny because you could watch shit. six hours of him, which and is only nothing. 10%. Right. They only released ten percent of the videos. The right. FBI, and it's still six fucking hours worth of. I know. Mostly Dumb. nonsense. Yeah. But Shit. there's there's things though in it. Little things that make yeah. it worth checking oh, out. Oh yeah. When he fucking starts to let that mass slide, mm-hmm. it's cool to see that. But yeah, oh, there's yeah. a lot of bullshit you got to do. Yeah, there is. There is. <laughs> so his suspected body count of eleven is definitely in question. Uh, he may have killed a lot more. I think as long as he really had, don't know, you know, as long as he had and how he did shit, it's probably more. Yeah, as far as the authorities are concerned, they were they felt confident saying they thought around eleven. Yeah, that they could probably connect him to at some mm-hmm. point. Right. But I mean, if he was doing it for fourteen years, I yeah. mean, there could have been quite a few more. It's Not hard to, to mention say. he wasn't one to give up all his cards. Say right, you know, big time. Now, we have CK ready to destroy once again, as we mentioned, over in Danbury. Uh, he's going to talk about the band Flotsam and Jetsam. Jetsam. Yeah. Hell yeah, Killer dude. old school metal from uh, Phoenix, Arizona, I believe. Uh, plenty of metal to discuss with him. Uh, he's got another Lost Classic for us, which would yeah. be good. Um, the bumper music tonight is a good mix of metal. we got Flotsam and Jetsam. Uh, we've got Power Trip, and we've got... Um, Fate's Warning. Uh, was going to be Fate's Warning, but I switched it to, oh. with uh, some Onslaught. I couldn't nice. resist. Oh, right, right. Yeah, so yeah, I switched it out. Man. The notes are a little off. Uh, sad about their singer, though, the Power Trip singer, uh, Riley Gale. We actually broke that on the show. Yeah, yeah We got week, that yeah. last-minute uh, notification, and we mentioned it. But uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it again in metal because it's crazy that all these people are now listening to that band. Yeah. And that's really cool, you know. I'm gonna have to go back to my uh, full terror pictures and look at the ones I took of Power Trip. Oh, sure, yeah. Sure. So it's very sad. I'm not sure again what the cause was. It was young. He was 34, I think. Yeah, so I think so. I'm not sure, but nonetheless, uh, very sad uh, to hear that. Uh, we're going to have a brand new Killer Cage match, though, to get to tonight. Chris, got some listeners to thank here. Uh, yes, we have our friend Sue Rovins. Excellent. We got Chris Worstrom, and we got the homeboy Justin Morris. So Hell yeah. Thank you some all for familiar the numbers, faces man. in there. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. And we got a good one tonight, an odd matchup for sure. 
Joey, who do we got here tonight? <laughs> Jim Jones is going up this. He's going to fight against Casey Anthony. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, suspected the flavor drinking preacher, Jim yeah. Jones up against the suspected because she was acquitted or not guilty. Somebody, uh, baby killer. If you Casey had to choose Anthony. somebody. If somebody says you got to pick somebody, you get to fuck them, but then you got to kill them immediately after. It'd be Casey Anthony because, like, I'd bang her, but you got to die, bitch. <laughs> For me, that's probably Nancy Grace. <laughs> fuck <Wow>. yeah, <laughs> Nancy Grace. Don't don't help get mad at our podcast. <laughs> but if she caught that, us, I'd be like, all right, that works. <laughs> What's up, girl? They'll be fighting to the death in the cage uh, with two objects that are hilarious and a variable to make it even more interesting. So that's for, of course, later in Mayhem. So that's going to be good. And then speaking of killers fighting in a cage, Chris, we got something coming up. Yeah, we got that Hell Coming match coming out. The tag teams going up against yep. each other. Serial all... killer tag teams yeah. fighting it out. Every week, and great boys. tag teams too. Yeah, Dude, we get some, some really good awesome, ones. Man. Some of them are hilarious. Uh, we all picked random killers, and then we matched them up with a random generator on the uh, a calculator that does random numbers. And anyway, we come up with this list, uh, and we're going to talk more about it in mayhem. Uh, and we're actually going to select which of the four listeners we each are going to play for because tonight yep. yeah because we're gonna we have to uh, you know assign a listener to us and then we're the ones actually playing the game for our listeners so that should be fun we got four and they're spread all over the united states uh we got them on all corners and it's it's pretty cool can't so, wait yeah can't wait can't wait uh the grand prize chris is going to be what yeah they what get do they get uh, do a fucking metal segment or murder segment with us yeah. uh, live on a show. We'll get a hold of you through Messenger or right. Skype or however y'all want, and we'll get her done, man. Yeah, and they get even get to pick the uh, topic, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll give, give them a, a list, list of fucking certain ones. and Yeah, and even you, you could suggest do. one that it's not on there. We'll tell you if we're You're interested like, yeah, in doing it or not. You never know. Stephanie but, from Toledo won the last one. She chose right. Eileen, who she won with. That's right. That's a great that's what happened. It was fucking awesome, right. man. So uh, that'll be the prize this time. Plus... We got four listeners, and each of the four are going to win some prizes, but the grand prize is that plus other stuff. So the right. book, one of my books, uh, probably a T-shirt. It's going to be cool. Hell yeah. All right? So it's going to be awesome. Uh, the contest kicks off September 17th, and we'll go to the middle of October. And more on that in the segment, uh, the Mayhem more segment. More on that. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully we're going to have a sponsor of that uh, uh, contest as well, waiting to hear back. So... Uh, how crazy is that brutal rewind on Richard Crafts, Chris? I mean, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, got out of control. 2,400 listens, shattering the record for any brutal rewind. And most of our episodes don't get that many listens. As a matter of fact, right now, brutal rewind number four is the fifth most listened to podcast we've ever done. That's and that's crazy. crazy. 30 minutes about Richard Crafts, who yeah. we covered in episode two. Already, yeah. That's so, in episode two, because of this, I assume it's because of this, now episode two is spiked. We got yeah. a bunch of people going back, checking out episode two. So, for whatever it is, thanks. We appreciate it, but crazy how the uh, Brutal Rewind 4 on Richard Crafts just keeps on going and going and going. So, pretty amazing stuff. 
That's what happened to his wife's body out of the chipper. It just kept <laughs> on right. going and going and going. <laughs> Huge thanks to our sponsor, SpellboundEffectsAndArt.com. Fucking Tony Campagna over there in Florida doing his thing and his workshop, creating stuff like Spike, Spike and this forearms. fucking lamp that's glowing. Looks like Ed Dean. aprons. <laughs> Thumb all that drives, shit. Thumb all drives. kinds of stuff. So face mask, face mask. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so yeah. So spellboundeffectsandart.com. Go check them out. Really great online catalog you can order from. Tony gets the stuff out quick. It's uh, quality fucking work. It's man. really top shelf stuff. Yep. So you got to go check it out. Uh, that fucking. I don't know what he was making it for, but the picture you saw. Oh, the baby, the baby head. Dude. Oh, oh my god, god dude. Yeah, that shit was, that that was creepy as fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah, he did a baby's head dead. That's yeah, that, pretty fucked up looking. Man, like so severed, awesome. ripped off. Yeah, like whatever. fucking like neck meat hanging yeah. and shit, dude. Yeah, fucking awesome. Yeah, it's fucking god brutal, damn, man. dude. So he'll do custom stuff if you know if you're in a band and you want something crazy like dead baby heads all over your stage yeah. that's the guy to call he'll fucking make them that's the look guy to fucking call. legit as fuck yeah now uh chris we get to do a really cool interview over the weekend with jesse from yes uh jesse incinerate, incinerate. that was fucking good ass time man. that was killer man awesome talking to him yeah we had a good conversation it's about 20 minutes long we're gonna play half of that in the metal segment tonight so you get to hear some of that. And, of course, our 666 Club members. They get the whole motherfucker already. They get the already. whole thing. They already got they it. Got they got it. it the same day, Right, actually. the same day we did it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, membership it's has bucks. its privileges. Definitely yeah, only three bucks. bucks. I was sad I fucking couldn't make it for the interview because I had to fucking be at work. Oh, right. I know, Jesse's dude. one of my buddies. And shit. Yeah, that would have been That's cool. all right. But yeah. talking about having them on a metal segment. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Murder segment. Yeah. yeah. Murder segment. Yeah. yeah, Jesse, after we got done doing the uh, interview, was like, hey, I asked him if he was interested in true crime and if he'd ever want to come in and do a you know podcast. And he was like, hell yeah, that'd be cool. So Fucking right. we're working out some dates uh, that he's available and we're going to have him on when we do a, uh, a Minnesota, because that's where he's from, little Minnesota murder medley. Fucking right, dude. Should be pretty sick, because there's a few good ones up there. All right, so uh, 666 Club members, of course, can hear that already. And uh, we link to that in the episode description on how you can get in on that. Uh, just found out yesterday, amazing, amazing news. We're going to be doing an interview with Nige Rocket, the founding member and guitarist of the band Onslaught. Fucking yeah, they're sick. pretty awesome, man. They're from the UK. The new album is fucking amazing. We've mentioned it before. CK actually brought it up first on his Thursday Live uh, on Facebook a couple weeks ago. Man, I checked that out and just was blown the fuck away. It's so amazing. If you like stuff like Creator and Destruction, Testament, Exodus, Death Angel... Any of the old, old school, school thrash, thrash yeah. you'll love this shit. So brutal. And uh, we're going to be doing that Thursday during the day because they're six hours ahead of us. So I will not be in the interview. Chris won't be able shit. to make it, but I got a bunch of questions to ask him, and we'll definitely use some of it in an upcoming episode. And then, of course, but on you're Patreon, only gonna, yeah, you're only we'll be able to hear get the full thing if you're part of that 666. That's right. Uh, big thanks to all you guys checking out the show. We do really appreciate it. It is great to see so many people listening. Uh, this week we're at 5,600 total listens, which is awesome. 
It was up about 1300 from the week before. So thank you very thank much. Thank you, guys. That's like Keep on awesome spreading that it. keeps coming up like that. Yeah, I mean, share it with your friends. Talk about it at work and, and just keep on spreading that word. Uh, we keep uh, getting a full plate, Chris. We got one ahead of us tonight. <laughs> All the goddamn time. But we got to freeze man. our ass off up in I mean, Alaska to go eh. see some Israel Keys shit. The emo killer himself should be wicked. So yeah, fuck. Let's get our fucking murder on, motherfuckers. Fuck yeah, man. Some like power trip. Power trip. Yeah, the R. song R. Brainwave. Uh, yeah, going out to those guys for losing their singer, uh, Riley. That's really, like I said, very sad. Always bad to lose metal brothers uh, in the fight. And uh, so, yeah, hats off to those guys. Good stuff. Like I said, I got to see them when they played with uh, Exodus and Joliet a couple, a uh, few years ago. And they were fantastic. They were really good. FTA was awesome, man. Yeah, that's cool that they were at FTA. Uh, So, yeah, great band. Uh, So, yeah, go check out some Power Trip. All right, well, tonight, guys, we got one up uh, that's going to be a crazy one. He is a (laughs) A lot different than most of these serial killers we've talked about. Uh, U.S. serial killer Israel Keys from Alaska who murdered three but is suspected in eight others. Uh, he was also a bank robber, a rapist, an arsonist, and one of the cockiest pieces of shit you'll ever fucking meet. And Pretty fucked up. 14-year fucking run of murder across the country, burying fucking kill kits or what he called kill caches all over the fucking country. Then we'd go back years later, pick up the contents and go t- kill people. I mean, it's pretty fucked up. Very, very interesting. Uh, guys, what is it that you think that makes, other than the obvious, I mean, is there, what was it that drew you, Chris, to, to Israel Keys? Basically that, the way he did the whole kill kit shit, the way he just traveled and just methodically kind of did shit, I guess. Yeah. Like, he kind of had an idea. He was actually planning it out, dude. Like, so. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about some of these, Joey, that are really organized. But, yeah. man, this takes the fucking cake to do that and then go back years later. Right. And the way he would fly in somewhere and then drive for fucking hours and then, you know, changing it up. I mean, that'd be almost impossible to catch somebody like that. Yeah, and I think that's uh, one of the things that fascinates me is, like, you know, we'll get into it, how sloppy and unorthodox his last victim was. Yeah. Compared to everything else. Yeah. And like, why did you go that route? Because right. you could have been probably still getting away. He with could it. have been unstoppable, day, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Real smart dude. But I think uh, narcissism is going to yeah, be his got downfall. the best of yep. him. Yep. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Now, uh, Israel Keys, uh, born in 1978 in Cove, Utah, very strict religious parents heidi and john keys same age as chris yeah same age as chris same age as jenny same age as um, me for sure he had no social security number no birth certificate they were very extreme like off the grid types that's fucking crazy not having a security number i know like 
how do you do anything I in know. life, man? Uh, they were very, very poor. They um, didn't believe in uh, government interference. Right. And they didn't believe in public schools, modern medicine. Right. And none of that yeah, shit. Yeah, totally off the grid. Now, first they were Mormons, but they kind of changed a few different times. They lived in a tent for the first few years while Dad built their cabin. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking dad need to kick his ass in fucking gear. He's got the family in a fucking tent. For years. In fucking Utah, too. In I mean, Utah. this isn't in, like, Florida right. or something, you know? Like, right. holy you, shit. You get weather here, bro. Right. It gets a little cold up here. Um, and so pretty pretty crazy. Ten fucking kids, too, in a tent. That's crazy, um, And they all kids. had names, as far as I could tell, of countries. I know he had no, a sister, America, yeah, but maybe a, there were other yeah, names. Yeah, he had a sister named uh, uh, Autumn Rose and a sister named oh. Sunshine. Okay, I one thought. called, uh, Hanna, what we say earlier, Hennessy. I can't remember. They all had some different names. One of the, uh, one of the yeah. podcasts I heard had referenced the whole country names, but yeah. I didn't see it anything went, other than America. There were 10 of them, so yeah, probably a couple other. I, yeah. I, bet, but yeah, I definitely know Sunshine and Autumn Rose and... Hennessy and man, that's <laughs> enough for a baseball team and a relief pitcher, right? You know, I, I mean, mean you're fuck. pretty set. You got, you're ready to go. <laughs> so they were homeschooled, as Joey, as you said, yeah. they didn't believe in public schools, kept away from other kids. But Israel, like anybody born into that type of situation, is going to love the outdoors. Yeah. Really good at fending for himself. You know, right. starting a fire. You know, to sustain the existence on your own. Out in the woods with no fucking electricity, yeah. no water, anything. This is how Pretty I'm going to live right now. Fuck it. Yeah, so he I mean, really liked the raised, outdoors. And that's when you're raised anyway. I mean, that's how you're brought up. Well, yeah. Like, you got to know that shit pretty fucking good. Exactly. Um, now, he would later say that he does recall getting violent thoughts uh, at a pretty young age. Uh, but I didn't hear anything real specific there just um about that so i don't know what the you know what exactly the violent thoughts were um but you know he told a story about how you know as he got older um tied a cat to a tree shot it in the stomach and how it fucking yeah, yeah ran yeah, around the that. tree Which and he was shit. about you know and hurting he, the animals yeah, yeah. he totally loved it and then, up. Then, yeah. same when he was like laughing about it fucking yeah and the, the kid that he it. was with like freaked the fuck yeah. out like anybody would and ran I away not hanging out with you and nobody no went in the woods with him after that yeah fucking could you imagine that seeing some motherfucker do that though and just laughing about it like no i mean that's fucked up man I don't know. When I was a kid, I probably would have done some dumb shit like that. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I mean, kids do some stupid shit, but just the fact that he was, we know he was fucked About up. About it. He's laughing all crazy when he's telling the story in that FBI interview. It's fucking whacked. Um, he told the police that he stole guns from his neighbors and then hid them in his own house. Yeah. But he got caught, and then his parents made him return them to their owner so that had to be fucking weird I mean, like i stole your gun hey you know? you, i'm sorry here's your gun yeah. you can have it back like yeah. did you imagine this day fucking right. yeah you just walk yeah up. here let me see that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's just fucked up you know they probably i mean in one of the interviews keys himself said uh he said, I've known since I was 14 that there were things that I thought that were normal that were okay, and nobody else seemed to think that were normal and okay. Right, right. So, which is, man. Yeah, the one thing he said where he shot the deer and gutted it while it was still yeah. alive. Yeah, 
That's fucked up. Dude, when his parents fucking... Okay, so they're in the tent in Utah and then go to Washington with a cabin, right? Right. Um, they leave RLDS, reorganized La- or the Latter-day Saints. Right. Same faith I was brought up in. That's why I was, I was yeah. classic to uh, the Mormon shit. Like, I, I shouldn't talk shit because I still got family super involved in it. Right, like, right, right. But anyway, to me, you know, a lot of cult shit. But they left that and joined a white supremacist church. Yeah, I wondered the same I was thing. Like, like, what that's the pretty f- extreme, yeah, man. Like, yeah. What's the deal with that? How the hell do you have a church that's fucking white supremacist? And then it's like, man, you see all this shit going on in Seattle and Portland and shit up there. It's like, yeah, they must have a lot of problems. Like, yeah. a whole lot of problems. Rooted, oh know? yeah, I mean it's crazy. But Joey, what do you think the his upbringing like this, this really strict, and then like yeah. you said, going from Mormons to it's white supremacists, and then that's <laughs> a pretty big leap. <laughs> I mean, well, how does this affect these kids? I mean, that's the thing. Maybe, like, that oh. was already part of how they were being up. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know because, about Because it. for you to bring your family into a situation like that, like, he, I'm sure their dad must have known that was happening up there. Yeah. I don't know, and brought them there for a reason. Right. They ended up leaving after that, the family, and moved to Maine all the yes. way the fuck across the country. Yes, they did. To an Amish community. Right. So, I, yeah, they did. And then they came back, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and by that point, that's when Israel was getting older and he was like Fuck he didn't this. believe none right. of that shit right. and fucking ended up going to the military but right. so fucking yeah I mean with yeah. that upbringing how the fuck can you even I know how do you grow up normal because I also read that they were friends and neighbors with that Chevy Kehoe that's yeah, the white that supremacist yeah. that was convicted of killing three people in 1996 and you can see the shootout of him. we should do an episode on them, oh yeah that's some wild shit that, shit, that shootout of him you can see on YouTube is fucking oh, yeah. nuts dude. it is nuts um, and he was yeah, just executed in July. Yeah, they went um, to the same church, the yeah. Ark. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Keys family and his family were friends. They played together. As you mentioned, Chris, they go into that Ark church, which taught a Christian identity type of uh, belief. Very kooky shit. It's very racist, anti-Semitic, uh, white supremacist interpretation of Christianity. Um, Israel is not into it at all, as you guys mentioned. He says he's an atheist, so his dad like, kicks him out. He's like, "Fuck you!" Can't you. be atheist. You got to be, be here. fucking. It. You got to be Hail Hitler and shit. Like, who the fu- what kind of fucking Bible are they reading? I don't Dude, know, for man. Real. <laughs> I don't even fucking God know. Damn, you know, I ain't gonna lie. I saw like how fucking how the the church I was in, and that, I never even saw nothing evil really with my church. Like right. you know, what I'm saying like I that's why I consider like my family. They're still good people, but right. the way that they fucking warped the things in the Bible to, to matter to what they're right exactly, like that, yeah. and it's fit the narrative exactly what it is. Oh, yeah. And it's like if I can see it that way, I can see how other people who fucking take things way out of context, or like when we did um, Anthony Hopkins. I was just right. going to say Anthony using Hopkins. that shit to to justify sleeping with his own stepdaughter. Right, daughter, right. It's like man. I know it's fucked up, man. And, and we'll do the Elizabeth Smart, I'm sure, sometime. Because oh, that, yeah. dude, that right dude right there, right that's there. another God, one. Yeah. Yeah. He was the type of the oh. iceberg of fucking insanity. Oh that. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, uh, Israel starts getting into Satanism um, as he's out on his own. He's very rebellious, you know, against these religious parents. You hear that before. Uh, he is a loner, though. And another thing, Chris, we see with the serial killers—they're kind of 
the loner types, you know, picked on maybe in school. It happens. You know. I mean, Dahmer was obviously Dahmer, big one to say, but yeah, it happens with a lot of them. Yeah. When you got a certain, when your brain's working a certain way and nobody understands it and you can't yeah. explain it. They're picking on you over it. You know, it. what is weird about Israel Keys though, is that he grew up to be so fucking cocky and narcissistic. That's yeah. right. Usually that's not the case Well, you wouldn't guys. think so. Right. He went like the opposite, like extreme. <laughs> Um, he was 18 at the time. Uh, a young girl in the neighborhood, Julie Harris, she had prosthetic feet, I saw. Uh, witnesses claim that they saw Keith talking to her. Uh, and there's a lot of people up there that think that uh, he was behind that. Chris, what do you think about that disappearance? Did you see anything on that about that girl? I don't know if I actually saw anything about that. But, I mean, given what he did, I can't see that. It's not possible. There's a lot of people that do think she was a victim because he does mention later, and I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but he does mention later about I'm not like after his daughter was born, where he said I'm not going to kill kids, right? But I won't have any ki- child victims anymore. But he used that phrase like like there were some before, and if that were the case, then this girl would fit that bill. So it's For very. Sure. Very suspect uh, that it was him, um, only because of the fact that his background, as we know now, and the fact that he was right there and she turns up missing. I think the only thing they ever found of hers was her prosthetics. Uh, I don't think they ever found a body. So pretty crazy. Fake feet. Yeah. It's hard to tell because he fucking, like I said, he... He definitely died without fucking giving all the information sure, he right. had. He wanted to keep some of that to himself, A, because he didn't want it getting out because he didn't want it to tarnish his image right. with his family. With his that daughter, was a big yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. But also just, you know, just keep be it like, But, you know what I'm saying? He, uh, he went and told them, yeah, I fucking, you know, first killing in 2001 or whatever. Like, he set a timeline for them. But there was probably other shit before that, I would think. Right. I would assume so. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. Um, now, as you guys mentioned, he joins the Army in 1998. Oddly, he spent time at Fort Hood, where I was, a little bit uh, after I was there, um, by only a few years. Uh, Fort Lewis, Washington, and then he was also in Egypt. Right. I'm not sure what he was doing there. Um, he was... Um, you know, possibly, you know, if he did have anything to do with that girl missing, this would have been a convenient way to get right, out of like, town pretty around, quick. Yeah. I'm in the army later, you know, and he's gone. Which that was his M.O. Yeah. So, like in, yeah, in and out. Know. Yeah. yeah. Now, he was a mortar man or what the army would call an 11 Charlie, which is an indirect fire infantryman, the actual name of his job. Um, he seemed to thrive in the army, did very well. Um, given an honorable discharge in 2001, he left with the rank of specialist, which was the same rank I was when I got out. Right. Um, and so he did get a few awards, was also qualified in air assault, um, which is where you jump out of helicopters. And that's kind of funny, too, because that school, or at least one of the schools at the time, the main one, I believe, was at Fort Hood because they always tried to get us to go because they're like, there's a school like this right here where you're stationed. It's a good idea to go because it helped you get promoted. Right. But I wasn't all really hyped up about jumping out of helicopters. <laughs> like, but I was like, all right, fuck it. And I went and I was getting ready to be enrolled in the school when I got hurt. And then that put an end to all that. 
So I never got to jump out of the helicopter. I've been in a helicopter, never jumped out of one. (laughs) But uh, so, yeah, so that uh, that's just an interesting coincidence. Um, And so, um, uh, you know, he liked to party and he was also really into insane clown posse. I don't know, Joey, does that help explain any of this? I mean, (laughs) mean, those guys get a bad rap, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Do you think it might have had anything to do with his uh, crazy behavior? I mean, there's a possibility. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Chicken hunting, they, man. they said fucking, you know, uh, Tyler Hadley's listening to Lil Boosie the whole right, day. Right, Lil Boosie all night long. <laughs> before <laughs> he killed his parents. So maybe ICP was his hype shit to that kill his right? people. Are you know? going they chicken hunting? Been. Yeah, man. <laughs> Some hatchet man shit Fuck going yeah, on. Dude, yeah. So Israel had a girlfriend. um, when he moved back to Washington um, and after he gets discharged and he winds up having a daughter and that definitely has an effect on him. I mean, sort of. Well, he said that, you know, he didn't want to kill any children after that. Or dogs. Or dogs, yeah. Or dogs. So, uh, you know, I don't know. That's what he's claiming. He gets custody of her, which is crazy because the mother was unfit. Of course, looking back on it, probably not the best move (laughs) to put the kid with him. But he moves to Nia Bay, Washington, which is the very northwestern tip of Washington there. He did work for a Parks and Rec department. And he does meet a woman who is a member of the Macaw Indian tribe, and she was a nurse practitioner. So it uh, seemed like he had a good uh, a good woman there. I mean, obviously he knows how to convince people. Yeah, he's, he's got a he good, uh, good gift of gab, I guess. Um, they move with the daughter to Anchorage, Anchorage, Alaska for more opportunity. I guess there was a lot of shit going on up there. And he winds up starting his own construction company, Keys Construction. So uh, that might and be that, a good uh, commercial for us to do. That someday. would be a good commercial. Keys Construction. Keys Constru- <laughs> yeah, that would be actually pretty and good. And that would have been 2007 when he started Keys Construction. And that's awesome because he's able to make money doing that and to help finance all the shit that he right. ends up doing. <laughs> right. Um, according to the police, uh, neither would have any idea what Israel's had been had been doing. So... Um, you know, the, the girlfriend had no idea, the, the ex-wife, they had no idea. Um, it was about time uh, that their daughter was born that the murder started. So, you know, it it's going to show how be, crazy he was, too, because later on we talked about kills the, kid, yeah. And he's just fucking walking her back and forth from the fucking garage to the house, like, while they were inside sleeping. Yeah. Right. Like, that's blatantly fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I know, yeah. He's man. like, this way, this end. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> fucked up. So we'll get into that. But. Um, and so I think that it does kind of lend me to believe that, that that victim, when he was 18 years old, was very likely one of his. Um, he did tell the FBI that there were three or four victims in Washington, but didn't give any detail beyond that so they were trying to match them up with like missing people in those areas and man they must have been just spending so much time of course this would have been i mean infant their internet would have been there but still not what it is today you know i think it's like a henry lucas thing he's just saying it i don't for some reason i feel like with israel keys it'd be more and he just didn't say so. I think so too. I think he it's underreported how many he killed. Now how many I it's hard to say. It really is. Yeah, I don't think he liked to uh 
talk too much. He didn't extrapolate. He got some, well, and especially just because of his interrogation um, videos, how he was. He got compared to Paul Bernardo quite a bit. Right. Right. Nitpicking every single little detail in the fucking interviews, and that's why they took so long and fucking sidestepping shit and trying to control all the details. And they're like, both of them did the same shit. But it's like Mm -hmm. fucking, uh, you know, Keys and Bernardo. Even though Bernardo was caught for all this shit, he wasn't going to fucking explain every single rape he did. He right. wasn't going to talk about the murders head on with anybody. Right. Oh, you got you got evidence and you can book me? Okay, that's fine. I'm not going to give you anything. Right, exactly. Right. And Keys was kind of that way. He was just... He, he was trying to look out for his image afterwards, too, which that's going to be tarnished. I mean... Yeah, right. Your image ain't shit well, no yeah. more, dude. Now <laughs> no. you're a serial killer. Yeah. Right. Now, I'd like to jump ahead to kind of help explain the story. So... From 1998, when he got out of the military, uh, or when he joined the military, to his capture in 2012, um, Keyes had kept very sketchy details. Um, He gives very little information. But in February of 2012, Israel Keyes abducts an 18-year-old girl, which he admitted to Samantha Koenig, from a drive-up coffee stand called Common Grounds. Apparently, these are really common in Alaska. You just drive up, and we've got a few yeah. he, here, excuse me. Yeah, it's one right down the street from me. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, right, right down to by the yeah. fucking DG. Uh, the video that they show from that surveillance is fucking crazy, because yeah. you could see her raise her arms when he pulls up you know, the gun on her, and then you see him jumping over the counter, and he's telling her to shut the lights off. Right, and, and it was like one of the latest ones open that evening, because it was kind of later at night too yeah she was getting ready to close and she actually had her boyfriend coming to pick her up and what's crazy is there was a panic button in there but she never tripped yeah. it so i don't know if she was afraid or forgot or and he wasn't couldn't. he said she wasn't even an intentional target right she was uh opportunistic right but he saw her and he was like oh okay well this one's gonna be this yeah is simple. this is it yeah yeah which we'll get to talking about how fucking far he goes to oh, commit his crimes. God you'll realize how fucking dumb this one in his yeah, own fucking city this was. This is crazy. This, yeah. yeah, this is so dumb. I, this is the first crazy I ever one. heard of Israel Keys was seeing the the surveillance video right, of, of the abduction. Co- yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So the security camera shows him leading her away on a to a white Chevy truck. But he took the plates off so they couldn't see anything there. And, of course, they find several thousand uh, registered to people in Anchorage. So I mean, that's it's a not white gonna, Chevy truck. Yeah, it's not going to help you too much. Um, Keys used her phone. Now, this is when it starts getting weird. He used her phone to send text messages to the boyfriend and her boss yep. saying that she was going to leave for a few days. The boyfriend's like, ah, this isn't her. Yeah, like, yeah. This is this weird. fucking right, dude. Yeah, that doesn't sound like her. She wouldn't do that. The boss was saying the same thing. Uh, very, very weird. Of course, the father is fucking beside himself, uh, freaking out about where she is because nobody could find her. She's just missing. The coffee stand's empty. She's gone. And, uh, and then they, when they see the surveillance footage, like, right. what the fuck happened? Yeah. Now, Chris, this is a very odd situation because he takes this girl for ransom, which is totally different than any of other other crimes. And I'm just wondering, what do you think? I mean, was he just so desperate, 
or did he have a thing for this girl? So that's what I'm wondering, guys, is if he didn't really, like, had seen this girl a lot and was, like, obsessed with her and did something so out of the ordinary because of that, or was it just, like Joey said, just total coincidence and he's just kind of going off a... I think, like, uh, I don't know what to do next because he'd never been in this situation like before. Said, he got fucking, he, he's that because this is his last one. I think he got cocky because, like, this is like his only one in Anchorage where he lives, right? Right. Boom. So, why would you do that? And then once he does it, I think he kind of figured out, like, oh shit, I fucked up. I shouldn't have done this where I live. Right. And now I got to try and figure out a way to fucking remedy it. So I'm going to try and get this ransom. And then he just lost his fucking mind and yeah. just lost total control of what he was doing. You I, think so? I don't fucking know. Like, it's just so I, I, different. I don't know than if he was others. really watching her. I think I kind of believe yeah, that he picked he, her up, you know, and, randomly. And randomly. <clears throat> what's weird is there was no. He, he did the, the ransom thing is what's the fucking weirdest. Yeah, yeah that's Because right. there was never a fucking second that he didn't think he was going to kill her right away, I don't think. No, that was, that was the point. She was dying. Right. You know what I'm saying? He was going on vacation. He wasn't yeah, going, he was, he was, he was making sure that she Mexico. was done before he left. Well, because sure, he can't gonna, leave. Exactly. Right. So he already knew he was going to do that. The idea for the fucking ransom. I don't understand if it, At like all. you said, part of his narcissism or what it was, where he must have just figured that he was going to be able to get away with that and make thirty grand. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, I don't fucking get it. Him taking him taking the ATM, get getting the ATM number from the girl. He did that also with the couple he killed in Vermont. Yeah, yeah. Right. He'll he'll say that later. So that was like okay, that was his MO. So he would get that, which was also his undoing, of course, but. To get the money, what in the world made you think, okay, now let me fucking do something this scale? Right. Is it because you've already committed all these other crimes and now you want to tack on something bigger? And with an ATM card, you can't just take out like 30 grand. No, you you get 500 bucks a day. Right. So it's going to take you like months to get this. And the whole time they're going to be able to track your damn path. I mean, it's going to be pretty hard not to get caught, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy. I don't know. Understand like what made him? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad he got caught. Whatever it was, uh, but I just the mindset was just went really off whack. Compared and to and what you have to did. wonder if this is possibly part of a situation where at least part of him wanted caught too, because he was just fucking over the whole fucking bullshit or whatever. It's, right. it's hard to tell because especially since he died so fast after being apprehended. It's really hard to tell because there's not a lot of uh, footage of him. Right. I mean, there is a lot of footage. Okay, right. Just but from those interviews. That, right. Yeah. But not other than that. Yeah. Now, Joey, he takes her to his house. He puts her in the shed. While his girlfriend and daughter are there. Uh, yeah. In the house. Yeah. Right. And then he takes her. Then he went back to her house to get her ATM card from her truck in the driveway. And I saw something where the boyfriend confronts him. Yeah. I think this was on the 48 Hours. The boyfriend confronts him, goes back into the house to get help, I'm assuming from the father, yeah. and then Keys is gone. But I'm like, I'd never heard that in the other one I watched. So right. that was kind of interesting. I saw that too. That there was a confront, you know, not really a confrontation, but they saw each other right. yeah. for a brief moment, and then he takes off. Yeah. Um, it's too bad the boyfriend couldn't give any details right. of what he looked like or what he was driving or whatever. I don't yeah. know. 
Um, now, after he kills Samantha the next morning, as you said, Joey, uh, he, he leaves her in the shed. You know what else he did, too? What's that? Is that originally she left her phone in the fucking coffee in thing. In the coffee house. He oh, went yeah. back there to get it. That's so there right. was a second surveillance video oh, that's right. of him getting it. So just putting that out there, too. A series of blunders, man. Right. Like, yeah, man, yeah. he was just like begging to get caught on this one. Um, and he goes on vacation with his family. They go to fucking New Orleans. They're taking like a cruise. Yeah. He's gone for like two weeks. And he leaves the body in the shed, but of course they're in Alaska, so it freezes solid. Dude, so yeah, like what the fuck, he, man? And that's what's fucked up. He knew that it was gonna freeze because of the weather, like right. conserve the body, right? Which is pretty like that's thinking about it, I guess. Right. But still, you fucked up more than you ever had before, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a dead body in his shed. I yeah. mean, what could? Stop, you know, somehow somebody having to go in there for some reason and seeing this fucking dead body in there. Um, so then when he gets back, though, this is gets kind of crazy, poses the body with the hair braided, which is crazy because she never wore her hair yeah, that she way. Never did that. Um, he puts makeup on her and holds her eyes open with tape. I saw some, I, mean, I don't know which is, I saw somewhere where he said they fucking sewed her no, eyes. No, sewed her eyes and shit, open. yeah. <laughs> like, I would doubt like, that. Like, he, like, did some legit, sh- like, sewed her eyes open, uh... Something else with her fucking face and whatever. It's amazing, put, though, like, that they didn't think that she was... on her and shit. That and she had looked her alive. Yeah. Holding the fucking recent paper and yeah. shit. With right. That date with, on that, it. with the date on it, like proof of life bullshit. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty fucked up. Um, he tells the FBI that he braided her hair like he would braid his daughter's hair, which is so fucked. And, uh, of course, the fact that the hair was braided made them wonder what the hell was going on. Um he gives him the picture with the uh, newspaper, like you said, Chris, that showed that, you know, proof of life and demanded the 30000 be put in her account. Um, and this would have been about three weeks after the abduction. After she's been frozen to death for yeah. all those weeks. And then he decides to chop the body up and put it in the lake, make it look like he's ice fishing and drop the body in the... Uh, he used a fucking chainsaw God, to make the fucking yeah. to make the hole. Dude. Yeah. I mean, I guess I mean, I, maybe that's how you do. I mean, I don't know. I don't fucking ice fish. So yeah, no, that, I don't that's know literally. Either. Well, I mean, you they, you can get like a corkscrew, like auger thing right, that drills yeah, a yeah. hole out too. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I mean, I don't see why you could like, use man, a chainsaw. Use chainsaw, fucking crack that shit all up under your feet. I'd be freaking yeah, out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was uh, watching Narcos, uh, and they were talking about a. a guys that were killing people and throwing them in the water and what they were doing is wrapping them in wire yeah so that as the as the body bloats little pieces drop off and then the fish eat them right yeah that's how they get rid of their bodies yeah they wrap them in like wire mesh and then throw them in the water that's hilarious that's fucked uh so yeah so keys is getting pretty inventive here but still making all sorts of mistakes um he buries her in this lake that he said got to five to seven hundred foot deep. So it's a pretty deep, deep shit. lake right there for sure. <laughs> when they're talking to him in those interviews, talking about the lakes, they're like, "So this lake, how deep's that one?" Oh, yeah, it was about seven hundred. Yeah, like he knew all that. Oh shit. yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh man. yeah, and Chris, it's crazy how he pulls this shit off. But the boyfriend and father definitely know something's up. 
I mean, they got to know what's going on, I guess. Yeah, I mean, until I mean, when they reached out and you know the, the ransom thing, of course, they did know. But leading up to that, I mean, right? I mean, she's not answering at all. Definitely, one hundred percent not on. like her. Like she just disappeared from work. Right. And they know she's not running away. There's right. def- they got to know there's an abduction going on. Yeah. Something happened. Yeah, and the full community's you know upset. Oh, yeah, you know, it, like, doing these the candlelight and, vigils like said, and shit. You know, Dude, before, surveillance. Uh, before the FBI ever told James Koenig, the father, he set up a fucking Facebook page called, Have You Ever Met Israel Key's Possible Serial Killer? That's what it's called. Oh, wow. And he fucking mapped out from his, the time he got out of the army in 2001. He was mapping out his fucking activity, doing his own fucking research. Who is this again? You James said? Koenig, the father of oh, Samantha okay. Koenig. Okay. And yeah, he, he had a Facebook page a like, yo, this dude is fucked up. Like there's wow. shit happening I didn't everywhere he's that. at. Yeah. And oh, I, man. The site, I didn't click the site to see if it's up. I should because that would be interesting. But, but yeah, no, this is before the FBI told them anything. He already had this going because he knew. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That's fucking. That's yeah, amazing. I did not, I did not know that, that. dude. Yeah. Where'd you see that, Joey? Uh, darkideas.net. Okay. They do some good. You get a little more info about some of the. That's fucking, cool, man. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, it does seem odd though, Joey, how sloppy he is after like yeah. rock solid fucking pr- <laughs> preparation. Using the ATM card, obviously they can figure out where he's been. But what do you think? I mean, is he just? That blind with narcissism that he thinks yeah. he's invincible? I don't or? know, man. That's what we were talking about earlier is I just, I don't understand how you can fucking, he's doing shit that's so goddamn technical, fucking planting kill kits years in advance. Right. He's fucking killing people that he knows he's not going to have any connection to. Right. Way, way Driving miles for away. hours. Fly into Chicago and, and then drive to Vermont. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, so... I don't understand with somebody that's fucking that into what he's doing and obviously has an understanding. Right. That would go get a cup of coffee at his local coffee stand and think, I'm going to fucking gonna do this. this girl if, I really, yeah. if I really fucking, if I had an opinion on to what really happened, I feel like there was probably a lot of drugs involved at this time for him. And maybe he was maybe. just going off the deep end. That's I possible. don't know. I, mean, I never saw it. Not to never... mention, he's got a pack for this trip he's taking tomorrow. Like, yeah. Chris, I mean, yeah. you're making that list of shit you got to do before a two-week cruise. How do Dude, you work and kill the I'm barista fucking, in your shed I'm before you leave, I'm fucking thinking if I forgot anything, just going away for a couple days, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let alone trying to kill somebody and I'm pack. just thinking, man, this guy's a fucking high achiever, God man. Damn, like, dude, work shit. that into the whole fucking night, you know? Yeah. Got to stop and get a toothbrush. Need some deodorant. Going to kill this bitch at the coffee stand. Yeah, going to bring her back to the shed. shed. Hang uh, out with Chawback. Hey, Drink uh, some McCormick's. Oh, hey, kids, don't worry. That's your new dad's stepmom. Because they, they even said, regardless of, okay, he killed somebody in his immediate area, regardless he was even seen twice on fucking the, the uh, closed-circuit TV. Right. If he had not done the ATM trail... There was a good possibility he still wouldn't have got exactly. caught. I agree, dude. You know, exactly. there was that nothing conclusive on any of that stuff. Yeah. But the ATM trails where they got him. And, and it's like, man, if I'm going to go out and do a crime, first off, am I going to ask for a ransom? No, because no one gets away with ransom unless you're fucking very some fucking rarely crazy fucking high tech. Fuck, you know, right. right. Second off, 
okay, they deposited the money. How you they know get exactly it? where that money <laughs> is. That How are you at? fucking yeah. driving and fucking right. dropping all With this shit? With an ATM card yeah. at 500 bucks a day. And, I know? mean, he basically had the white Ford Focus the whole time from that point, you know. Did I saw so he somewhere that didn't he, like, go to switch the card? That's all they had left, though? Oh, was, was that- it? <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that That's somewhere, hilarious. but I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that like you would have traded, it's like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Same, Same car. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so the bank sees he's pulling the money out. So as we've been saying, he, they've got this trail. Now they find him in fucking Arizona. Right. And then New Mexico. So he's heading east right. on that I 10 corridor. He's in Texas, which, as we know, guys, Tex. Texas. Lives in Texas. Yeah. You don't fuck around there. And you don't fuck around with Tex because Tex is going to get you. Um, and he is using a mask when he goes to these ATMs, but they could still see. And it's a white Ford a Focus. A white Ford Focus in the cam- on the camera. So He, he should have picked- been using a mask in 2020, and he wouldn't have been so fucking conspicuous. Exactly, <laughs> or dude. Or park his car a couple <laughs> of blocks That'd away. Been fucking you know? normal. Yeah. <laughs> and walk up there and then put the mask on. They would have never saw never, the car. Never no, known it, shit. it really seems like his last tirade was just fucking completely just out of control compared yeah, to anything of, else. Like, for real. And this tech. Texas Highway Patrolman is fucking slick. He's in Lufkin, Texas. He sees this Ford, white Ford Focus parked at a hotel with uh, some out-of-state plates. He goes on a hunch. The guy comes out of the hotel, gets in the car. He follows him. Right. He starts speeding. As soon as he starts speeding, Boom. bam. Pulls him over. So that's some fucking amazing police work. Lots of incriminating evidence. And he's got the Alaska driver's license. And then, of course, opens the trunk, Chris, and finds all sorts of shit. Got a fucking gun. Some fucking uh, some of the Samantha shit, her right, ATM the phone. card, her phone, fucking yeah. all that shit. So they like got said, his ass. Lots of incriminating evidence, man. Like yeah, and he you're is fucked. he is busted and eventually extradited back to Alaska. Um, and Samantha's family still thinks that he, you know, she could be alive. They're very happy that they they caught Keys. But uh, after what Joey said about the dad, the dad must have been like, "Fuck yeah, I told you." Right. You know? This guy. Well, you're, well, you're right though. There was a, there was an air of hope that she was alive. Right through all of that. Yeah, and Chris, I think he got very cocky, um, and I think that was probably a big part of this too. He just oh, thought he was 100%. bulletproof, man. I, I, and I, I like, I think he thought that, but as well, like what Cashman said earlier, like I feel like. He might have like started doing some kind of drug or some shit, maybe it's trying possible. to calm some nerves or something that just like I said, it could have been pharmaceutical, or right? Whatever. Pharmaceutical or whatever. It didn't seem like he and was making. He wasn't making the rash like decisions he that he normally had. Yeah, something was off. Now, once they get him back to Alaska, now the FBI starts to question him. He's an arrogant motherfucker. He's very influenced by other serial killers, namely Ted Bundy. Which is crazy because last week we were talking Danny Rowling, and he was also obsessed with Bundy. So Bundy, very influential on some of these uh, serial killers from that era. It's because he liked to fuck the dead. I guess. (laughs) I guess. Uh, He tells the FBI, now you got your monster and shit like that. He's fucking snarky, laughing, fucking acting all fucking pompous. He's got the fucking cops getting him fucking... Uh, this Americana ice or <laughs> coffee, coffee or drinks at yeah. Starbucks, which, peanut butter, which, Snickers. What did he order from fucking 
Samantha Kone. He got the Americana, the Americana. yeah. That's, that's what right. he ordered, too. That's yeah, right. fucked up. That's right. So, yeah. So, he had his things that he liked. They're giving him fucking cigars and shit. I mean, definitely more high class than Henry Lee, Chris, yeah, with Paul Malls and strawberry milkshake. Yeah, like, he's like, let me get a stogie. Starbucks and a peanut butter Snickers. <laughs> How much you want to bet this fucking prick didn't fucking follow uh, Henry Lee too and thought, fuck, if I'm going to be in here spilling yeah, the beans. Hey, I see. Like, he I'm might have been like shit. following other serial killers. Well, yeah. Like, what did they do when they got caught or what did they yeah. not get caught? I mean, he I might have been that. thinking, like, I'm going to use this as leverage. Because he really thinks, you know, that he's going to get some sense. shit. And he was smoking them cigars too. He was, man. Now, Keyes has a lawyer. I thought this was kind of interesting. The lawyer comes in right in the beginning and then has a conversation with Keyes, and then pretty much Keyes tells him, basically, fuck off, I'm going to talk to the cops. Because yeah. normally a lawyer would be like, right. all right, this is done. You know, you're not talking to them anymore. But he just keeps going even after the lawyer was in there. I'm sure it was a public defender, but still, I, for fuck's sake. I bet you the lawyer was just sitting there like, this fucking motherfucker. Well, yeah, all right, <laughs> motherfucker, go ahead, confess. You know. According to Key's Endgame, supposedly, like, he was telling the cops, you know, I'll talk to you. I want to be dead within a year. Right. I want to be executed within right. a year. So, I mean, he was done. He just wanted to fucking it to be over. So, yeah, he probably told the lawyer, you know, whatever, I'm fucking doing this. We're getting it out. Right. Now. Yeah, because he didn't want his daughter to know shit. Right, that's what he said, too. He didn't want the fucking facts put in the media. And people Googling his name and all of a sudden, it's like, like how horrific do you, how shit. How do you keep that from happening? I don't understand. I read that, but I didn't know exactly what that was. Yeah, I don't know how he would have expected. In yeah. the internet age, there's no way. Yeah, yeah you know what you're dead. He just didn't, I guess he didn't want all the facts. That's why he didn't want to do it, because he didn't want all the... The details. Detailed right. facts being available right. like that. But, but unfortunately, that's oh, what They happens. are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now he's alone with this FBI or these FBI people uh, doing these confessions, as we've been alluding to on these tapes you can watch on YouTube. But there's a lot of stuff they'd never release, especially the stuff that's graphic. Um, he was he told them he would go to the shed where Samantha was, um, drink alcohol, crank music, probably some fucking ICP. Right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and sexually assault her. And then his living girlfriend and daughter in the fucking house, he winds up strangling her. He stabs her the next morning. And then, like we said, he goes on vacation. So, I mean, it's fucking nuts. I mean, Chris, did you watch any of the interviews yeah, I, with I, him? Yeah, we were talking about the interview footage. Yeah, definitely. I watched some of it. But like we were saying, some of it got so boring. I'm just like, why am I, I watching this dude? I know, and I'm I'm wondering, what do you think's in that stuff they won't release? The probably the stuff that's actually pretty vile and yeah, people sh probably shouldn't hear about. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. But yeah, I mean, he, I mean, it's hard to think up and he's doing whatever he wants. Yeah. We are, you know. You also got I mean, to think that uh, <laughs> I'm sure I would too. Since he wasn't like technically convicted of these crimes they're all still uh cold cases or right. open cases yep. right. so they probably can't release that stuff because it's technically still oh sure so that, ma that makes a whole that's lot a of goddamn point. sense i didn't think of that dude yeah that's a good point now uh the fbi and israel keys play this cat and mouse game for weeks uh keys is very calm and very detached during these sessions he tells them uh he's quote two different people end quote uh, for about 14 years, and he said that anybody that knows him 
uh, would have no idea this other side. And Joey, he also said once he started, he f- there was nothing like it. So he's a total fucking sociopath, man. He has no empathy at all for anything that he's done. No, he he loved the killing. Um, it was projects for him, and that's why I think the randomness. I saw something where they're like, okay. He talks about how random everything is, yet he right. buried this kill kit in this place in Vermont. Right. Or he's got this kill kit here and this and it's but then I saw something where it was talking about the the uh the two coming together. The meticulousness of the preparation and everything he does mixed with the excitement of the randomness of the victim combined together right. was his high. Okay. And uh, I saw some psychologist was talking to him and said something about that, but I was like, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That is interesting. And that is a crazy dynamic, and it does kind of seem to fit what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, it's very possible. I, I, I haven't heard a lot of... I uh, did watch one uh, video of a like a psychologist kind of doing his take on him, and it wasn't that good. Yeah. Um. So he's got these... We've talked about these kill caches or kill kits... Um, five gallon bucket. We're talking guns, money, duct rope. tape, rope, oh, everything you need, like literally shovels, a yeah. kill pack, care package. Yeah, and he packs them up with everything he's gonna need. He puts them in the ground and buries them. And he talked about too, like when he was the little kid, he always wished he'd found buried treasure. That's a hell so of he kind of mentioned like if somebody stumbled on one of these, it'd be like a neat find, and I'm. I mean, I'd so look at up. it and be like, uh, <laughs> "Wow, uh, I'll put shit. the money in my pocket." I don't know about all this other shit. If I'm I probably a little shoot kid. the guns too. Dude, like, <laughs> I'm sure you would have. Dude, that's like, uh, <clears throat> I know Leonard Lake, Charles Zing. They had shit buried yeah. the same way. Right, videotapes and all that shit. Right. Can't remember. I think possibly Paul Bernardo. I'm not uh, sure, but yeah, that's. That's a fucking crazy thing. Like you said, it is. what if you have some land or some, you right. buy this shit and you fucking dig something up and all of a sudden you fucking what pull up some. What the fuck? What the hell? What the hell right? is this going wow, on this right crazy. here? Like, uh... Be like, I found John Gotti. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> finally. Uh, so they said there was about a dozen of those kits spread around the country. Um, he only tells them partial information, so they're getting really frustrated. I think they only found like two of them. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I remember the picture, the one that was like in that rock pile or whatever. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think they found. That'd a bunch be cool. Of them. I, I wish there was more, at least enough information where you could do like a treasure hunt. Yeah, try to find. Literally yeah, do yeah. a treasure oh, hunt. How like, crazy yeah. would that be, dude? Fucking that, scavenger hunt. That'd be great. <laughs> you man. know that would be a perfect <laughs> horns high fucking studio compliment. Yeah. Be like, what do you got? We got the uh, goddamn Israel Keys bucket. Yeah. <laughs> we should just make one. <laughs> This is off topic, right. but the other day I was driving, go by your place, Sean right. and I saw a sign that said garage sale or whatever. And, dude, I just started laughing. I was like, dude, I'm going to make signs that say garbage sale. And fucking just, <laughs> and I'm going to have bags of trash for two bucks out of the front lawn. <laughs> hey, there might be some pizza in there. You never know what's in there. Like storage sale. wars. Yeah. You have a bid. That's just funny. When I was a kid, fucking garage sales, that's what my mom used to call me. We're going to the garbage sale. Yeah. Like, hi. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So he's only telling them partial information, but they are able to find Samantha Koenig's body in the lake where he told them where she was on a map. 
Um, he also told him about the time he raped a girl who was hiking in the woods and got left behind. He did rape her, but he winds up letting her go, and he vows he would never do that again. And that was like the first uh, that violent victim, I guess, or whatever that, right. that he, he called. Confessed yeah, to. that he confessed yeah. to. Right. So he starts going backwards now and telling him all these. So he also tells him, Joey, you mentioned this, about Bill and uh, Lorraine Courier in Essex, Vermont. Yeah that he killed in 2011 on one of these cross-country trips. So he's 4,000 miles from fucking Anchorage, Alaska, eight months before he gets caught. He flies to Chicago and then rents a car to drive to Vermont, which is like 15 hours away. My sister used to live there. I can attest to that. A beautiful drive if the weather's nice, upstate New York. But he cuts the phone lines... Uh, he breaks into their house through a window in the garage <laughs> and attacks him in their sleep. So what's crazy is he's got the kit buried. Yeah. He knows the area, but he doesn't have the victim picked out. Right. You know, but he knows what he's looking for. Like yeah. That I mean, it's right just there. you would think if you're going to go to all of that, you would have more background on the victim. But at the same time, if you put yourself in the position where you're casing all these places to get that information, you're, yeah. you, people can see you at any other time. True. He, he wants to be in and out. Nobody connected. Right. Yeah, that's true. What's fucked up is after, you, okay, so you get caught and then you're like making all these ties. So now you can put flight records with rental mileage, with right. uh, credit card stuff. Right. But while this person's just looking at a homicide here in Vermont, right. there's no way you're going to fucking oh, yeah, of course. figure that out. Yes, that a path. guy flying to Chicago? Yeah. You know, that would make no sense. <laughs> and he was looking for places, too, with older people yeah. and no kids, uh, no, right. dog, no dogs. Like I said, no yeah. dog. Didn't, and hence why he cut the phone line or whatever, security system shit. Right, he's pretty he's smart, He's looking man. for that shit. Um, he winds up breaking in. He attacks them in their sleep. He he ties them up. He gets in their car with them. He drives them to this abandoned house that he found out in the country. He winds up raping the wife and then strangles her while the husband's tied up. And then they shoot and kill the husband, or he shoots and kills the husband. The house is demolished years later. The bodies are gone, but the cadaver dogs do get some human scent there. Right. So it's very likely that he is telling the truth. And they did an exhaustive search at the landfill, but were not able to find them. So so they went through like tons, literally. Yeah, I mean, that's just absolutely awful. And that was a 2018 Oxygen Channel documentary I watched that did a lot of interview with the family members of the victims. Pretty, pretty sad stuff. Uh, Joey, it is odd that he would prepare for these locations so well, but the victims were so random. Um, It's just, it amazes me, really. I think it just goes back to what I was saying earlier um, about the possibility that the uh, meticulousness of preparing for it mixed with the uh, randomness of who the victims become combined is just a dynamic that was... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really so unique. Uh, the locations are so well planned out with these kill caches buried in different areas. And, and the the Vermont victims, he buried the kill kit, he said, two years before that. Yeah. Right? So it's like, okay, you got two years where you're like, I'm going to kill somebody out there. One day. Right. And day. eventually yeah. go back and fucking yeah. do it. And, Which and they said was so rare for a serial killer to wait that long like that. Yeah. You know? 
uh, very, very rare that they would have that sort of restraint. And, and that's also a huge reason why it makes me feel like there were other things that happened that he did because, man, if you're going through this fucking shit, you, this is something you do. Right. You know? You get really good at it. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking like mafia hitman shit. Yeah. Um, very, very strange stuff. Now, it was also considered unique, again, that he waited that long. He gives them vague details about the murders that he committed in these various states. So he runs through them. Washington, New York, New Jersey, Texas. I also read that he was in Illinois. Yeah. So yep. I don't know who the fuck knows what if, he did here. If, if you go to that, like I said, that the, the father, James Koenig, he had a map set up, and it's got fucking... You know, wow. place marks of all the spots that are suspected that Israel Keys could have been uh, involved in. So I mean, he was crime. obviously in Illinois. Yeah, Illinois was, was definitely in Vermont. Vermont. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then there's others. Even into Canada, when they asked him about vi- Canadian victims, he said Canadians don't count, <laughs> which is fucked up. We got a lot of listeners right, up there, Chris. Right. That's kind yeah, of that's br- not right. Canadians, not you nice. count. That's right. I mean, he did go to a white supremacist church. I, I guess. Mean, he did, I guess. But I don't know, are mostly man. white. I don't know. Weird. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> is really weird. But the FBI couldn't get anything to link him to missing persons in any cold cases in those areas. Uh, so only the body of Samantha Koenig would be the one that they find. Now, Chris, it is very unique that Keyes didn't want the publicity, but you had mentioned that it was because of well, his daughter. He wanted the publicity. He wanted to be known. He just didn't want all the fucking details of what... Because I, I don't think he wanted his daughter to know that he was a serial killer like that, but he wanted notoriety of some type. Right. I feel like he just wanted the fucking the details squashed while he was still alive. Right. That yeah. yeah. Like and then after he was dead, or he wouldn't give a fuck. He he couldn't handle seeing his, his fucking daughter, daughter doing it. Yeah. Going through that. Yeah. yeah. Or knowing that her dad did this awful shit. Yeah. Um. But it was you know fucked up because that was one of the deals. He would give him some details, but he didn't want the notoriety. And then there's this press leak. And all of a sudden, they're putting it out on the news, and he was fucking pissed. Yeah, which of course because they, are. they course violated be what he said. You know, um, he clams up, and you know he didn't want his daughter to know about this stuff. Um, they can't get shit from him, and that's when things really get stalled out. The FBI start leaning hard on him um, because he was definitely suspected in a lot more than just this one case, for sure. Um, and then also he starts talking about these bank robberies that he did in New York and Texas. Yeah. So, I mean, what the fuck? And he also, uh, some arsons too. Yeah. yeah. Some shit. Yeah. I mean, he was very diverse. Yeah. I mean, he's doing all this stuff. Like he did all kinds of fucking criminal activity. Like, just like last week, Danny Rollins bank robbing, but that's what got him caught was right. robbing banks and shit. Right. Like, yeah. Keys pulled some of these off and got away with he it. He was out. Um, another thing that Israel Keys wanted was, as you mentioned, Joey, the firm execution date. Yeah. But, of course, Alaska doesn't have the death no. penalty. <laughs> and because he went against across state lines, they can get him on a federal bit. But it still doesn't happen in a year. I mean, this shit goes on for years. you got to go through the court system. The appeals. And all that shit. Yeah. So, I mean... It wasn't what he was hoping, which was, right. I'm going to tell him a few things. And I'm going to get a quick death. They're going to execute me, and then whatever happens after I'm gone happens, whatever. I, I, I don't shit. have to live with it. Yeah. Right. So the FBI is not going to be able to speed this up. Key starts to feel like they're fucking with him, so he doesn't want to talk anymore. 
Um, you know, he's able to break free, in, in which which I thought this was amazing. In 2012, he breaks free of his restraints, like his fucking in court. Idol Bundy, yeah, not, yes. not in court, but you know, Bundy is yeah, Bundy's got a, but Bundy and got, got out though, out. yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah he gets out. tasered by some U.S. marshals before he's able to jump out of that library window like Bundy, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, he also had been busted with a lockpick that he made from a paperclip and some dental floss. Yeah. So. How do you make a lockpick out of dental floss? I don't know, man. I mean, paperclip, I see, but. Unless using it to, like, make a handle for yourself to give you something to hold on to, maybe. I guess. The, the... Yeah, you wrap it around like that. Remember yeah. fucking uh, Reese Witherspoon made that shank out of the toothbrush and freeway? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, in a crazy turn of events, at the age of 34, Israel Keys was able to kill himself in his cell at the Anchorage Correctional Complex. And he was already on fucking Suicide Watch, too, He was. Right? On and off it. December 2nd, 2012, he had cut his wrist with a disposable razor blade that he stuck into a pencil. Shanking. He cut his wrist under the sheet and then used the sheet to strangle himself. He left this crazy suicide note, like multiple pages long, called Ode to Murder. Hold on. I'm going to read a couple yeah, lines. Yeah, go ahead, dude, because yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. It's, it's really long, so I don't want to read the whole thing. But no, I, it's but ridiculous. No, dude, I found some... a couple parts that I thought were really cool. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And it's funny because I was looking it up and, like, whatever I was looking on, this girl had commented like five years ago she's like israel keys is my favorite serial killer i've got his poem two of his uh things tattooed on my thighs and so i was oh like, like oh man. shit i should have fucking been like hey check out my man <laughs> <laughs> right? no shit, anyway so yeah so here are these are just three verses of this fucking ridiculous tirade that he went on uh his poem so he said uh and he's talking about it like his murders. Yeah, basically. no, he's totally yeah. talking so about his like, murders, yeah. You may have been free. You loved living your lie. Fate had its own scheme. Crushed like a bug, you still die. Soon, now you'll join those ranks of dead, or your ashes will wi- wine will soon blow. Oh, the ashes, the wind will soon blow. Family and friends will shed a few tears. Pretend it's off to heaven you go. But the reality is you were just bones and meat, and with your brain died also your soul. <laughs> and then, so this is my favorite one that he said he said land of the free land of the lie land of the scheme americanize consume what you don't need stars you idolize pursue what you admit is a dream then it's american die and then the last part is the last part of his poem right but this is i thought this was the creepiest shit he says uh this is like fucking Leonard Lake shit to me, but right. violent metamorphosis emerge my dark moth princess. I would come often and worship on the altar of your flesh. You shudder with revulsion, try to shrink from yeah, me. Yeah. I'll have you tied down and begging to become my Stockholm sweetie. Okay, talk is over. Words are placid and weak. Back it with action, and it all comes off cheap. Watch close while I work now. Feel the electric shock of my touch. Open your trembling flower, or your petals I'll crush. God damn. Yeah. Damn. That's a brutal shit. Yeah, that's, that's, some that shit. that's some Gorspond shit yeah, or Gor- right? Gormonger shit. Gorspond. <laughs> it's another heavy core band. Uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty creepy shit. Uh, definitely fucking long winded suicide poem slash thing he wrote uh, called Ode to Murder. Uh, now they found uh, the suicide note soaked in his blood. They also found drawings 
of 11 skulls with inverted crosses on their foreheads in the cell painted with his blood, which is one of the reasons they feel that there were 11 murders because he made those 11 skulls, maybe one for each one, and then under one of the skulls it said, we are one. And also that fucking note note was like so saturated with blood, they had to send it to a specialist, honestly, to to be able to read it. To be able to read it because they weren't, it was so much blood they couldn't read it at all yeah and i'm not quite sure exactly how he pulled this off with the strangling himself but i thought i heard it on a podcast where the way he strangled himself like his wrist was that much more like wide open to where he would bleed out faster it was something yeah very in, a little that. more involved than i could figure out based on what i was looking at so i mean I'm not especially if he's sure. on suicide watch unless they fucking just don't care because you we know that could well be he case. was on very... it then he was off of oh, it okay okay but he still shouldn't have had the razor blade right and they were still supposed to check i'm going to get to that here in a second about this guard but one of the things I was going to mention about the skulls is they reminded me of the skull on Seasons in yeah, the Abyss. Fuck oh, right. <laughs> Seasons in the Abyss by Slayer, and I'm wondering if he was, you know, because oh, sure he, he liked to Slayer. some wild shit, right. so who knows? Maybe he, he liked Slayer. So uh, pretty crazy stuff. Now, I'm amazed, Joey, that the guy's even able to pull this off, especially, you know, in light of the, the trial yeah. that was coming up and... You know, the sensational case and that they found the noose, I guess, in his cell before. Right. So, I mean. It, it's hard to tell. I mean, you got some of these, you know, Epstein case or things like that. It's like, yeah, because you don't know if somebody would do something like that because nothing's ever been said. But then you get something like Israel Keys has been talking about wanting to die. Right. And fucking it's, killing himself. Right. and for a while and it's if like, he was still out killing you and he's like die. man motherfuckers i need you to kill me within the year you're not gonna get that because like you said all the fucking red tape and everything else yep. right even if you get it through federal that's not gonna it's gonna be forever so for him it's like man i, I cannot face this trial i can't do right. it I'm but gonna die fuck it yeah, it's amazing that they were so lax because yeah, it seems like a lot of people really dropped the fucking ball no, here for sure. <laughs> and Chris, the way he dies like that reminds me of the David Parker Ray story, you know, the toy box killer right. and how he had a heart attack right before his prison sentence started. You know, I mean, it kind of reminds me of the way because still like. Now, did David Parker, Ray, is it the same thing like with David Parker Ray and fucking keys as far as an open case? That I don't know. I don't. I would have to look at. That's, it. No, that's David Parker Ray was, was convicted, convicted he was and he was going to sentence. prison. Okay, okay, yeah. They had him in like a holding cell. And yeah, yeah. Okay, died. that's right. Yeah, he got convicted. But yeah, Israel Keys. <laughs> that motherfucker just died like a piece. Oh, uh, what a yeah, piece like of shit. Yeah, like a piece of fuck. But yeah, Israel Keys never even went to trial. Right, yeah. right. So it's still an open case to this day. Yeah, it is. Like because he was never able to go to trial and get proven. Right. Still. I mean, for whatever reason, to me, my favorite still is Leonard Blake eating that cyanide tablet. Dude, like, yeah, he's like, fuck like, all that you like, yep, this is done. He was done. so ready for that yeah, shit. For yeah, he's sure. been ready for that for years, yeah. though, dude. Yeah, like, I mean, that ah. motherfucker was, he was really about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, now, I get caught, I'm done. A guard who was supposed to be keeping an eye on Israel Keys, this 54-year-old Lauren Jacobson, uh, he was fired, of course, over this. Uh, when it was found out, he was reading a novel. Hopefully, wasn't one of mine uh, when it when it happened, uh, or it might have been mine. He was so in, in, there you go. into it, yeah. Chris. He fucking so let this shit happen. 
Uh, he fought the firing, as did his union, but it was upheld. Uh, some believe he was made to be a scapegoat and that there were others that failed and he was just kind of convenient, well, yeah, 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 which is very right. possible. I mean, less has been known to happen. Without a doubt. Um, apparently, prior to this, Keyes did, you know, they found a noose in his cell. He sent to mental health on suicide watch, which would mean he's not allowed to have sheets. Eventually, he'd be taken off suicide watch when this happened. Uh, but he still shouldn't have had the razor. Man, I'd have to. I wish I could see the timeline of that. It couldn't have been that fucking long. Uh, it couldn't no, have not been. At all. Like, and if he had fucking, if you found a fucking, you know, sheet tied his noose or whatever they found, and yeah, he's already fucking trying. Like, man, yeah. you got to watch seems, a little bit longer. <laughs> right. It seems very odd. Yeah. Uh, the guard was supposed to do a visual check every fifteen minutes and a formal count every four hours, but they didn't find Keys dead until the next morning at six. They think he had already been dead for six or seven hours. So, obviously, somebody really fucked up. And, Chris, I mean, how is it with a story like this that more true crime fans, you think, don't know a lot about Israel Keys? Shit. I don't know. All I'm going to say is about that whole dead for six, seven hours and supposed to check on him every 15 minutes. The motherfuckers that escaped from Alcatraz made fucking fake ass heads out of fucking toilet paper and goddamn toothpaste. That's right. So maybe they just thought that motherfucker was asleep. Is That's all very I'm possible, saying. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, fucking. Uh, as far as people not knowing about it, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Because, I wonder if it's for the fact that he's just not like technically convicted. So people yeah. that are looking up shit. I think it's whenever like, I saw it, Israel Keys, it was something about. The worst serial killer that you don't know about. Or yeah, it was yeah. labeled something weird like, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of it, it interests me because it's such a unique case. It is, yeah. With him burying these kits in the and ground. And He's one of uh It's fucking nuts. Like some of them that some of the fucking serial killers, like if they had just fucking gotten executed the next day, it wouldn't really matter or whatever. Right. Israel Keys is one that I wish had stayed around a little bit longer to talk to a little some bit. more shit. Yeah. You know, talk right. a little bit. Right. I agree. It would have been fascinating to find out more detail and yeah. that the police would have been able to close a lot more cold cases, probably. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really honestly feel that there pretty, would have been a lot more uh, cold cases. Yeah. I think had so, Israel too. He's stayed alive and been like, okay, I'm caught. I did this, this, right. and this. And I can prove it. Yeah. I agree, man. Um, I find it just fascinating how meticulous he was. Um I'm just amazed that he made that many mistakes in that last one. But I just think, you know, we talked about all the different possibilities, whether it was his cockiness, whether he was on some sort of drugs, whether it be illicit or prescription, don't know. Um, but it does seem very strange that last murder with Samantha Coney and was so much different. These are all the answers he took to his grave. With. Yeah, I mean, that's what's so fucked up about this one. Um there's definitely something else going on, and to me, that's what makes it interesting. But to some, that may be why he's not as well-known, because like no there's clarity. so much unknown All right, no with clarity. him. You know? you know what's fucked up, too? Uh, you know, we're talking about like people making money off of the murderabilia, shit like that. Right. Um, man, in a case like this... You don't want to see anybody get rich who's a criminal like this, but, man, there's got to be some kind of compromise or some way, like... If Israel Keys or if uh, fucking, you know, Ed Kemper or somebody like that wrote a book, what they would admit, you know, what they would talk about, man, right. there could be so much insight in oh some my of that God. shit. Yeah. So that's like a really positive reason why, man, maybe some of this 
shit should be lax so they can do that stuff i don't know yeah it's it's a hard fucking discussion it really is it really is but Um, i would love to see serial killer books in their own words i guess i'm saying right that would be okay yeah like ian brady exactly yeah now uh anything to add to this one guys i no i think we're i'm good on this one tonight man okay works out yeah i think we covered it pretty well um my research for this one, a uh, couple of good documentaries I saw on YouTube. There was a good Oxygen, uh, they called it Method of a Serial Killer, that I did find on YouTube. It's about 90 minutes long. There was also a CBS 48 Hours special I mentioned that was very good. Uh, go check those out. I did not find anything on Keys in the books I've got. I didn't see him in either of the Vronsky books or the Steve Gian- Gianangelo book. It's because he's kind of newer, dude. I mean, he honestly. is. He is. So his story is not very well known in the true crime world, but I'm telling you. Vronsky was updating his. Uh, he was, but Sons of Cain, his book that came out a few years ago, I thought might have had him in there, but yeah. he did not. Right. So, uh, so, yeah, there is some stuff out there, but you do have to dig a little bit for this. Um, Definitely you're not going to want to miss next week. Next week's going to be a good one. We haven't done this yet. September 11th is next Friday. Uh, We wanted to do a special podcast. And with all the negative shit going on in the world, I mean, there's a lot of fucking bad shit going down and riots and all this stuff. We thought we would do something a little different. (laughs) We thought we'd do something a little different and talk about an American hero that saved 2,700 people at the World Trade Center on September 11th, and that would be Rick Rescorla. Oh, yeah, a dude. very amazing story. He's not even from the United States. He's from Cornwall. Uh, he you know, became a decorated Vietnam vet. Uh, an amazing story. Went and worked for Dan, uh, Morgan Stanley Dean Witter. Survived the first bombing in 92 or 3, whenever that was, at the World Trade Center, and then predicted that they were going to come back with planes. Uh, really, really interesting stuff. Very fascinating story, and it does tie in, of course, with September 11th. Yes, uh. And so we thought it would be cool to do a special just on that. So next week will be a special bonus episode only about one topic, and that's going to be Rick Rescorla, nicknamed Hardcore Chris. So he's, he's our kind of guy. Uh, he's definitely our kind of guy. So... Um, I got the book about Rick for my dad on Father's Day. Uh, He had just finished reading it, and so it had been on my mind. I watched the the YouTube documentary I sent to you guys. I watched it again and was just like, wow, we got to do something about this. Any of the low 12 fans out there probably remember our song, A Hero's Last Stand, which I wrote about Rick Rescorla, and those lyrics are in a book that his wife wrote called Touched by a Hero. Uh, so this is definitely going to be a very thought-provoking podcast, so you definitely don't want to miss it. A little different, but I still think, you know, dealing with all those people dying oh, on yeah. September 11th is For about sure. as brutal as it gets. And so I think it'll be an interesting one. Uh, a little different, but I still think it fits the parameters of Murder, Metal, Mayhem. Sure. So uh, I think I hear that intro music, guys. We know who that is. Fucking C motherfucking K. Who the fuck that is? Who the fuck is that? I think he's called the Great Metal Motherfucker, oh, and he's shit, got this dude. intro. So, shit. Joey, what do we got to do, man? Let's get our metal on. Known the world over as the master of metal, 
the crusher of posers, and Murder Metal Mayhem's knower of all things metal, hailing from Wild Van Street in Danbury, Connecticut, standing at six feet of brutal punishing madness, weighing in at 220 pounds of poser pulverization. The one, the only, toughest bastard on the planet, Chris C. Motherfucker! There he is, rolling in on that nine twenty out of Danbury with his own song and all. Great metal, motherfucker! Oh, what's yeah, up, what's CK? Going on, CK? That's me. What's going on, gentlemen? Oh, uh, we're over here man. kicking ass, man. Joey talking about some Alaskan serial killers. Fuck yeah, Israel Keys. Israel Keys uh, getting down and nasty with that sick bastard. He's How like, he can get down and nasty to some fucking that's Arizona right. metal. That's right. Yeah. So Fuck we're, yeah. We're going from one temperature extreme to the other. <laughs> right, right. So, to the other. <laughs> so, CK, who do you got on tap for us here for episode 110 of Murder, Metal, and, Mayhem? And I can't, I can't believe we haven't done this band <laughs> until now. I know. Um, it's one of those bands that, that just flew flew under the radar for some reason for, for, for us that we never did them. But we have, we have touched upon them. Um, it's, it is Flotsam and Jetsam out of Arizona. Hell yeah. And obviously everybody knows Flotsam and Jetsam because... They spawned Jason Newstead, right, um, right, who went to Metallica, right. obviously, and and for sure, you know, gained fame there, and and eventually left, and is just chilling now, as far as I know. Just, yeah, just being a dude hanging out. Fuck it. Yeah. I read I read an interview with him where he makes enough just off the royalties of the Black album that he where never he has to do oh, anything I, again. I, I, I believe that yeah. never where, again, where, just from where, where that he, one thing. Where, where he could be, live comfortably, yeah. But that's awesome. That is awesome. But um, Flotsam and Jetsam formed in 81, and, and they went by several different names before they settled on the name Flotsam and Jetsam. They went by Paradox, then Dreadlocks. That That's D-R-E-D-L-O-X. <laughs> I'm glad they Lame. didn't stick with that. <laughs> that is then, then, do, then Dogs, D-O-G-Z. Uh, <laughs> nice. Um, I'm not going to go through through most of the members because it's another hodgepodge another of endless like... endless note. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, it's been just, you know, one member after the other. But, but the two constants for the most part have been... Um, um, Michael Gilbert, the um, guitarist, and, and AK a- um, Eric AK, as he's called, but uh, his real name is Eric Nutson, have been in the band pretty much the whole time until now. Um, they, like I said, they got to start in '81. Eventually, you no, know, they settled on on the original, well, the lineup that got them signed with Jason Newstead, Eric AK. Um, Michael Gilbert, and I believe it was um, Kelly David Smith and Edwin Carlson. I could be wrong, but um, they recorded a couple demos, and the demos, you know, did really well. And actually, Brian Slagle rec- put one of their songs on one of the Metal Maskers. I think it was Metal Masker six or seven, and 
after that, he signed them to Metal Blade. Of Obviously. course. <laughs> and, um, you know, they put out the, the in 1986, they put out their debut, Doomsday for the Deceiver, oh, which... Oh, I love that when that is, came out, man. Still, that was so amazing. Yeah, it's still so one, of the, one of the greatest debut thrash albums, at least in the top five. And, and up till that time, it was the only album that Karain gave a six out of six stars. Nice. Wow. So it was that good. Um, that album just, just was slamming from the beginning to end. I mean, the songwriting that was was phenomenal. The musicianship was phenomenal. Um, yeah. Eric A.K.'s voice was God damn, he could sing. Jason was so amazing on that album, too, and his, his bass was so audible in the mix. And then oh, when yeah. he went to Metallica, it was like, what the fuck happened, man? Like, what did they do? Like, turn your shit off, yeah. you know? But that's a whole debate for another day. But, yeah, he's a yeah. hell of a bass player, man. And and he, he, played, and he's, he played with his fingers on that. Well, he played with his fingers all the time. But, um, he played with a the, piccolo, too. Did he? Both, I think. A piccolo. But, um... He had some amazing some bass lines on that album. Yeah, that were sick. Um, you know, obviously, people know that Cliff Burton was killed in, a, in a, an accident, and they picked Jason Newstead to to fill a spot. Right. And and the funny thing is, they picked Jason Newstead because of his writing and his bass playing, but I don't think he ever wrote one song with Metallica. I don't think so either. If he did, it was maybe a mention, but I don't think so. Which is sad because he was pretty much the main songwriter for Flotsam. Right. And even going into the second album, when they recorded their second album, he, he I, I believe he helped write a couple of songs on that album. No place for disgrace. Yeah, yeah which was he did. which. Which was their second album, which they put out, I think it was like 87 yeah. or 88. I fucking love um, this album. That's yeah, a good one, too. Uh, I, 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 thought, I thought that was just as good as the first one. I, the first one, to me, is like, it's more heavy and more metal. The second one was more fun, I guess. It was still heavy, okay. but more in a fun, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, it's, got, um, it's got a lot of, lot of catchy vibes on it. Yeah. Catchy t- catchy tunes i mean doing a fucking elton john cover i mean shit and, and they kill it and they, <laughs> awesome and they, yeah and they kill it <laughs> but um they signed with electra funny how they signed with electra after jason left that must have been yeah you know on the same label as um metallica, metallica yeah uh, like right. uh, oh, let's send these guys it's probably but, part um, of the contract I, i'm sure jason had had a hand in getting them signed yeah but um, no, I remember seeing them a couple times. Um, I believe I saw them open up one time. I I'm, I'm almost positive I saw them open up for King Diamond once. Oh, cool! And um, and I think Metal Church. Nice. And I seen them a couple times where they did their own um, headlining tour in the clubs, and I saw them a couple times during that. They always they always killed it live. They were a great band live. Um. The second album did, to me, it, it was just as good as the first. It actually did just as as good as the first album as far as, you know, people loving it. Um, shortly after that, they something happened between them and Elektra. They, they, for the third album, which I recorded in 1990, When the Storm Comes Down, they signed with um, MCA Records. And um, the next two albums I, I wasn't that thrilled with. I don't think the... Um, 
obviously they, it showed that you know Jason Newstead was a uh, was definitely no no one of one of the stronger songwriters in the group because after No Place for Disgrace he didn't he didn't write anything for the next for any albums after that right and when the storm comes down it shows it. I mean, it's not a horrible album. Hey, tell that 920 to calm down, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could hear it in the background. That's funny. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not a horrible album, and neither is Quattro, the album that came out in 92, but... It's not the same. It, it wasn't... It just it didn't hold up. And um, they took a couple years off. Well, they didn't, didn't break up or anything. It just it was three years until the next album. They put out Drift, which took me completely by surprise because I didn't, I didn't think they had another album like that in them and, and that album was also on MC and that, that album was just a train a, a freight train from beginning to end and I couldn't believe how good it was um, and I wish they, they recorded that as the third album because I think it would have carried the momentum even farther but right. I think by by you know 90, 95 you know the landscape for music was changing and, and they're starting you no know, metal bands were starting were getting forgotten about yeah and if they time. were having label issues i know from being in a band at one time that had a label drama it fucking tears you up man it just because it leaves you in limbo you can't do shit depending on the agreement you know you might be stuck and so i you know i don't know all the ins and outs with what their drama was but that could have very easily been, and Jason leaving, you know, again, like yeah, you yeah. said, CK, the, the main songwriter of the band, I mean, that's not an easy person to replace and make it sound like what you did before, you know? No, no. Uh, you and, just and, can't put, you just can't go pluck somebody off a shelf that's going to write just like this other guy. You right. Know? And, um, you know, it took him took a couple years to get together as far as the songwriting, but like I said, Drift was phenomenal, and... and you know, there was no support from the record label from that. I don't think anybody knew it was coming out, to tell you the truth. Because um, I just happened to stumble upon it, I think. I was at the... When we had the Wiz around here those days. Oh. <laughs> um, I went in there, and I just happened to see it, and I picked it up. Huh. And, uh, you know, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, You know, and after that, MCA dropped them. And as always, Metal Blade comes to the rescue and signs them to, uh, <laughs> of course, you know, for the next three albums. And and you know they put out respectable albums with with Metal Blade in '97 High, '99 Unnatural Selection, and 2001 My God. And they after 2001 they kind of took like a hiatus. Um, Eric A.K. decided he wanted to do something different. He tried his hand at um, doing country music. Huh. And from what I hear, he released an album, and it wasn't, as far as country music, it wasn't that bad of an album for for country music. Right. Um, I couldn't tell you because I'm not a country music fan, so I'd never heard it. What was it? <laughs> Eric A.K., I, the singer Eric, from Flotsam like, and Jetsam. I'll check it I out. Think, I think it was called A.K. Corral or something like that. I, I'll check that shit out because I like country yeah. music. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you if it's good or not. Um, right. You know, and um, they came back together in 2005 and put out a, a an album called Dreams of Death, which was a concept album of um, 
I guess at the time Eric AK was having all these nightmares and the album revolves around all the nightmares he's, he was having and so it was kind of like a concept album oh that's cool and you know they took another hiatus for five years and then they put out the coal in 2010 uh, and I forget which label it wasn't a big label um, see if I could find it real quick might have been um might have been crash crash records i can't remember yeah but um again you know 2012 they re-signed again with with metal blade um Jesus. put out always put out on ugly, the blade always on the <laughs> blade <laughs> put out um an album called ugly noise which was a little bit of a departure for him it wasn't the typical sound that they had um it was a little different it was actually i kind of dug it a lot it was a little um doomier for them and um drearier than than, than what they're used to by them okay but it wasn't a bad album and for and in 2000, 2013 they decided to re-record um no place for disgrace with the with the lineup they have now Hmm. And um, so it's not, I guess I guess they so weren't happy with the original, they and they totally wanted to you know, do it. Totally re-recorded it, and it's a oh, little okay. bit heavier, a little bit heavier than the original. Um, just as fast as the original, just as good as the original, just a little, little updated a little. Right uh, but um, so it's a total. You know, all right. No, say what you gotta say, Chris. No, I was gonna say so. It's basically a redo, except. Uh, Except they just re-recorded the whole motherfucker. That's Re badass. Re-recorded the whole album, yeah. Just yeah, like um, awesome. with other bands have done that, like Suicidal Tens, he's re-recorded yeah. the first yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. which right. which yeah. there's never going to be anything that replaces that first Suicidal. But the no. the re the re-recording of it I, was pretty badass too. Yeah, it's nice to hear the old stuff with better, you know, production. You know, if they yeah. can do it that way. But um, you know, like I said, it, it it didn't deter anything from it. It was just as good as, as the original. Right. I prefer listening to the original. Right. But um, you know, I'll th I'll throw that that copy on once in a while too. Yeah. Um. You know, 2016. A couple years later, they they're they're now signed with AFM Records, and they put out two albums by them. Um. 2016, they put out the self-titled Flotsam and Jetsam. And last year they put out the end of chaos, and um, you know, pretty much both great albums. Like I said, they really didn't have um any bad albums except for the third or fourth album, um, when the storm comes down in Quattro. They've been pretty consistent, and considering, like you said, Pete, with um, you know, a, a member like Jason Newstead going to another band and and losing your pretty much your songwriter, right. You know, and you're still around 30 years later and still kicking it. Like yeah. I said, I saw the, I saw them live a couple times, and they were they were always great live. Nice. Um, I've never seen them live before. I don't believe so, but uh, yeah, I, I always I know liked I them. never have. I always liked them. Doomsday for the Deceiver was friggin' amazing. Yeah, that's still got a classic me debut. Yeah, for and sure. Right, and right now they're um, in, as far as I know, they're in the midst of recording a uh, new album. So soon okay. that comes out. Very cool. Very cool. And you've got a lost classic for us, don't you, CK? Yeah, and this is going to probably little surprise. surprise a little it's going to surprise a lot of people because I always, <laughs> I don't, and I don't motherfuck Pantera. I just, I, lo I like them. Don't get me wrong. I like Pantera. 
I just think that they were overrated. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're a kick-ass band. I just think the timing with all the grunge shit going on, it was like right place, right time. Right time. And, and, and they're a cool something. band, though. I got nothing against them either, but I don't, I don't get the worship of them right. like some do but hey whatever because they didn't give a shit yeah that was the attitude for <laughs> me when totally they came the out attitude. it was like yeah. okay these dudes fucking right. about fucking exactly and, I, and, and kind of and, and part of it to me was you know what did they change because the climate or did they honestly change because they wanted to because those first four albums were horrible yeah for sure you know, and that always stuck in my mind. But yeah. my, my, my last classic is um, Damage Plan, Newfound Power. Yeah. And right. um, obviously that was after, after Pantera, Pantera right. took a hiatus. Technically, they never broke up as far as I know. But, um, you know, Vinny and um, Dimebag put, put a new band together with um, different vo- vocalists and different bassists. And to me, that was more... More of a, of, of a fresh cup of, of water than, you know, than what they were doing with Pantera. I just, I for some reason, I dug that album. I don't know why. That's cool. But um, I thought it was a good album. But that, that's my take on it. Okay. All right. So- uh just listening to something I had to ask on the way here, me and Cash are rolling. He's jamming this shit. Maybe you need to do something on him. Uh, Soylent Green, dude. Like I had no. Oh yeah, they're they're on my list. All right, because I know that I had heard That's them before, cool. but on the way out here, them. dude, I'm just like, what the fuck is this, man? It's like, yeah, it's yeah, they're, they're they're in the same realm of um, goat whore and um, right. and the one. Um, it maybe it, it reminded me of like that's telling cash from like Panther and Superjoint put together. Yeah, they're they're. I believe they're from Louisiana yeah, too. Yeah, they so. are much more blast beat. Yeah, though. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But that's uh, like but, like we talk about what we're listening to. That's what's been in my car. I got that soil and green stone mouth secrets and string of lies. Right, like, dude. Jamming nice. that yeah, shit. I, that's what I, I, I like soil green a lot. I, too, I'm actually uh, I'm it's fucked up. I'm a bigger fan of soil and green than acid bath or fucking goat or personally. No I can see that, yeah. but they're all kind of like intermixed. They're right? similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been jamming that new Bear Mace, man. I mentioned yeah. them last yeah. week. That shit's fucking killer, fucking man. Hell, Chicago yeah. metal, very similar in some ways to uh, Jungle Rot, just fucking killer. And then that onslaught. I keep mentioning. Yeah, it, I've been jamming that oh onslaught. My yep. God, that new fucking I, album is unbelievable, man. I, I, I think I opened up a Pandora's you box. You did, with that. dude. Holy <laughs> shit! I got Joey jamming it at work. I've been bothering him. I'm like, have you heard it yet? He's like, I've been busy. I'm like, motherfucker, just turn it on and go do <laughs> something if you have to go right, do something. Go fucking work with music. And so bro. he was working today and he had it on and he's like, called me up. He's like, oh yeah, you were right. And uh, so I turned them loose. I'm like, man, go listen to the one before it, that one uh, six with six. that six six motherfucker or six six, six, six fucking, fucking six. six. <laughs> that is amazing, man. Love those guys. And I've also listened to podcasts like I always do to uh, research for the show. So that's some of my listening time was there. What about you, CK? Um, I've been checking out the new Necrot. And yeah. uh, which, yeah, which, is awesome, which is awesome, which which is awesome. It's it's a lot better than the first album. Nice. And um, the new incantation. Yeah. 
Nice. And you know, and Onslaught as well, that one too. How is the um, incantation? I haven't heard it yet. I, I it's heavy. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like really heavy. Hmm. Okay. I have to check that well, out. It kind kind of sounds like it kind of has to me like an, a little bit of an obituary vibe. Okay. Um, as far as music wise, but not vocals. Okay. But um, yeah, I, I I've been digging that lately too. Very cool. Any other uh, albums? Anything coming out news wise? CK on the national front. No, nothing as far as, you know, I, that I haven't mentioned. Um, new Napalm Death in a couple weeks. Right. Uh, this month, I believe. Um, trying to think what else. Um, it, it's been kind of slow right now. Yeah, Chris, we've been yeah, talking yeah, to Jesse yeah, Ensign. Yeah, from Vincinerate. Yeah, that hey, was a good conversation, yeah, we had man. A good Jesse's time a cool guy. Jesse is not super long, but awesome yeah. fucking conversation. Yeah, fucking about 20 about minutes talking about what's a, going on with their new album coming out and some artwork discussion. And yeah, septicemic shit, fucking yep. all kinds of shit, man. Yeah, it was and because really we cool. live in the internet world, I'll let everybody know his name's Jesse Watson. Yeah. <laughs> Ensign for Incinerate. Oh, yeah, I know. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I think in his email to me, it has his yeah. real name. Yeah. No, he's, he's awesome. He, yeah, he did Septicemic. He's been doing Incinerate forever, but he was also in another band. Yeah, um, well, uh, oh, wait, yeah. Face of Oblivion. Okay. Which was a pretty amazing band, too. Yeah, and he plays bass in yeah. Septicemic, yep. too, right? Yeah. He's yeah. fucking wicked. Uh, really nice guy. But we're going to play about a 10-minute clip of that. So uh, check this out, uh, our conversation with Jesse. Be doing this interview with Jesse Inson, vocalist with Incinerate. Okay. He also plays bass and sings with Septicemic. Thanks for taking the time out to talk to me and my co-host Chris Shawback of Murder Metal Mayhem. How is it going, Jesse? Hey guys, uh, yeah, it's going good. Thanks for having me so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time out yeah, of, out awesome. of your schedule and everything Very to do this cool, with man. us. Uh, so, like, I've been jamming the fuck out of that new song, like uh, that's on YouTube and shit. And can you tell our listeners uh, what the plan for the release of the new album is? Yeah, right. On uh, first, uh, thank you for for listening to it. We oh, dude, all the great, time, man. Appreciate it, um, man. <laughs> so with the COVID shit, it's it's hard to say what the with the planned stuff, all right? Right, um, right. It's unpre unprecedented. We, we haven't had anything like this before. Um, like I said earlier, we were kind of chatting here before we started, and, and you know, with the COVID stuff, normally you, you put out an album and then you go tour the fuck out of it and right. you know, get it up to the masses. So right now we're kind of in limbo. Um, the album officially drops October 9th uh, on Comatose Music. Um, we are taking some pre-orders on our uh, incinerate.com's big cartel website, whatever. Yeah, it's um, cool. You can order the different packages and stuff like that. Yeah, we, we got a pretty stout merch package. Uh, we <laughs> dropped a lot of money to buy all that shit. Uh, <laughs> hoodies and... Uh, and t-shirts and yeah flags. chris I, I broke down and bought a t-shirt uh, i'm <laughs> I mean, addicted to t-shirts jesse so i got one but, yeah <laughs> that's how we recoup the money fucking right exactly fucking right. no i'm proud to support it man we we again greatly appreciate it I, I say that a lot because we we do um you know we've been doing this for uh incinerate started in 1998 so yeah, you guys are uh, old school, man. You get it. Yeah, lifelong passion for something, you know. Yeah, uh, 
I made a joke that my mom's waiting for me to grow out of this heavy metal phase. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Not quite. I mean, it might die down at certain phases of a person's life, but I think a metalhead is always a metalhead, and oh, it definitely shines at certain times. So, so that's cool, man. You guys are doing that shit that long. I mean, who did the artwork for that? Because it is sick. Um, did you guys come up with a concept and then get somebody to do the cover or was it just kind of like here's some lyrics you know come up with something and run with no, it that's pretty pretty much exact um, we, we had the the concept for the album before any of the lyrics were done it's a it's a big story um, so we, we gave the John Zig did the art um, I gave John one of the kind of a pre-production track and said here's what it's going to sound like said um here's the concept behind the album so we want something that kind of ties into everything uh there's a bit of an easter egg on there we pay homage to one of our favorite albums fucking cool Uh, and we just said here here you go run with it and uh so we want you know kind of a landscape thing and we want angels fighting demons in like a big like war yeah it's it's badass definitely sick ass artwork man shit fucking hey yeah i bet yeah. the shirts look killer and stuff too with that artwork on it oh yeah we uh i got all the mock-ups um that was one thing we went back and forth with the the label is that a lot of the early mock-ups didn't have the the kind of purple issue that we wanted oh um, spent a lot of time trying to get that nailed down so hopefully the printer comes back and gets that exact same color concept that we want right um just graphics i believe is who's doing all the printing and they have done a lot of stuff for us in the past when, when we were on brutal bands that's who scott used uh exclusively and and steve uses them as well so i know they they always knock it out of the park so i'm i'm pretty stoked we we haven't awesome. gotten the merch in yet but uh I, I know it's gonna rule and just the art itself is so good yeah Hell yeah for dude. sure dude now how have you guys uh been dealing with the with covid on the music side of your life like how's been i know everything's been fucky but how have you been dealing with it like as far as uh like recording and such so uh, on the music side um <laughs> it's, it's tough so on, on one hand i live in minnesota um jared lives in california phil lives in nevada uh, sash and ted are both uh, ontario canada they all are spread out oh, all yeah. over the place <laughs> damn yeah, so so as a whole, we, we are fully used to emailing tracks and emailing ideas and Skyping right. back and forth. So that aspect is you know kind of all been the same, right? Um, so not not too much of a hiccup there. But when we went to record, um, I was supposed to initially record in uh, December. Um, so all those guys had already done their stuff. Vocals go last, uh, and I got. Uh, bronchitis pneumonia in oh, December. Shit. So, oh, shit. So that, that put me back for quite a while. Um, then when I finally started feeling good, um, the COVID shit hit. Oh, um, God. So then we, we were locked down and everything was shut down. So then the COVID stuff started to open up. The studio got opened up. And then in Minnesota here, you know, not to touch on the political stuff, but we had some social unrest. Right, right. Yeah, you did for sure, man. The building across the street from where I record uh, was burned to the ground. Like, oh, oh my god! god. Damn. 
literally across the street, and uh, it, it, it was like three blocks away or two blocks away from the uh, uh, police station that got burned to the ground. So oh, the wow. whole area, the studio shut back down. Everything was boarded up, you know. Um, so we, we had another <laughs> delay because of that. Jeez. Uh, from December, I didn't get in till uh, fuck middle of June. So oh, it, it, yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, so it delayed it quite a bit. Yeah. And it, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was out of our hands. Unfortunately, we initially wanted to have the studio or the the you know studio stuff done and the CD out uh, for uh, mid March because in April we were supposed to tour Europe with the Bismal Torment and a couple other bands. We had a a booking agency agency and shit that was working on all that. Oh, nice. Um, so COVID shut down that whole tour, delayed the CD. Oh, man. It's, it's, you know, again, shit that's out of our control. Right. Sucks, but I, I'm so happy that the fucking CD is finally recorded. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Taking the song and that it's finally coming out, you know? Yeah. How many songs are on it? Uh, 11 songs so we, okay. we have lyrics and stuff for 10 the last song is a, a bit of an outro that, that Jared did that's something we've never done before and oh super cool, cool cool so uh, that's that's great I mean all you can really do is try to adapt to it and you know fortunately for Chris and I doing our, our podcast you know we've been able to just roll right through it yeah, it's because just it's just us. me and him <laughs> and, and we have a third Cashman, guy yeah. now that comes in and and sits with us and the other guy we skype him in so you know it's like we already were doing it that way anyway so it's been kind That's of awesome. just you know do it and keep it going but uh, what's uh, what's going on with septicemic anything new to report Nothing good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Eric, uh, Eric, our founding original member with me, uh, drummer, uh, he quit. Um, he just just gave up on uh, playing drums altogether. He was getting burnt out. wasn't fun. wasn't happy anymore. Yeah. Um, so we, we do have a couple of guys that uh, that are keen and, and doing the project. Um, unfortunately, we we had a full album, you know, written with Eric. And he had actually recorded drums to it, um, but I, I don't want to put an album, album out with the guy that's no longer in the band. For and sure, right? Especially drums. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're gonna rewrite a bunch of stuff. There's a couple of tracks that I wrote already, so those are gonna stay. You know, I, I wrote them start to finish. Right. Um, and and I think we're just gonna kind of edit and do some different stuff. So Eric had a real strong point with his. Uh, the push-pull technique for his blasting so we we played off that quite a bit so that's the other thing is you know he, he had a certain technique a certain style that, and a lot of the songs were kind of written around that right now with else, we need to learn their style and, and write yeah to like, company that like well, pete said adapt to whatever happens and yeah. try and run <laughs> with it yeah change overcome whatever the clint eastwood uh, heartbreak ridge <laughs> right right like <laughs> can you tell us like who your biggest influences are that got you wanting to start singing death metal vocals and shit like who's your biggest influence oh shit so in high school i was in a well that was really That's cool a- man oh. so hopefully you guys like that of course our uh, 666 club members can hear the entire interview we did with Fuck, jesse yeah. 
Uh, one Fuck of the things yeah. membership has its privileges. So but that's Patreon. all the rest that you peasants get. slash Murder Metal Mayhem will get you there. Just so kidding. three bucks a month. Three bucks a month. So Dahmer episode coming at you. Yeah, got the Dahmer <laughs> episode already done, and and our Patreon members are enjoying it. Uh, and there's many more, and there's much more coming oh, up. Oh yeah, we got some good ones. So. So that was a good conversation and good to support Underground Metal. I'll link to Incinerate in the episode description. So if you want to go check those guys out. And uh, we're going to have, as we mentioned in the intro, Jesse wants to come and talk on the show oh, about yeah. a murder. Yeah, so gonna we're going to have that's him cool. guest on an episode where we'll have him call in and he'll talk about... Uh, we got some good Minnesota serial killers. Uh, we got a little medley. Yep. Going to call it the uh, Minnesota Murder Medley. And Keep we'll triple have Jesse. In, man. <laughs> well, that's right. We'll have Jesse on uh, Messenger on that segment talking about that. So that'll be really cool. So, all right. Um, another interview coming up. I mentioned this. Nige Rocket from Onslaught. As you said, CK, you definitely opened up a I, I opened Pandora's, up the da- Pandora's box. box. I, I did. did a little, you know, a little review on um, Onslaught and a new album. And, um, oh, man. I fucking got totally hooked on it. <laughs> yeah. um, definitely uh, really cool. I was back and forth talking with him on Messenger yesterday. And uh, I said, hey, dude, I said, would you mind oh, if no, we used no, 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 like a little segment no, 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 of no, no. your... Uh, uh, song six six fucking six that we could use on the show and uh, I had an idea for maybe something we could do with it and he was like hell yeah man that's totally cool so I thought that was awesome fucking right, man. Uh, that Nigel's yeah, fine with that and that's pretty fucking cool so, what a funk right sex, so sex, I think what we're gonna do CK when we do our uh, talking about what we're listening to I'm thinking about using it there and kind of using that as a yeah, little that, brief ish intro be cool. to that so uh, I want I wanted to mention um next Monday there's actually uh, on a and e there's a new documentary about Ozzy coming out oh okay um, that's cool at nine at nine o'clock next Monday it's actually the part the the I guess it's a sequel to um, God Bless Ozzy, which was a uh, documentary that came out in 2007, 2008 on DVD. So it looks interesting. I'm going to check it out for sure. That's cool. That's cool. Well, I'll be doing that interview with Nigel on Thursday, and we'll uh, probably have that in the Robert Berdella episode. So... Um, Dude, are you CK, okay? Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of noise God in the damn, background. Are you CK, getting fucking invaded right? by aliens, bro? <laughs> no, no, just some, somebody on a Harley. Oh. Now, CK, your Facebook Live is now 5.30 uh, Central Time on Thursdays. Uh, and like I said, I heard about Onslaught there. So that's a good reason of why people want to check this out. Fuck yeah. You know, listen to CK talking about some... New albums coming out. Who did you do last week, CK? Who did I do last week? Fuck, I don't Shit. remember. I forgot. <laughs> oh, I know, right? We're all like, oh, Brimstone Coven. That's, that's right. right. That's right. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, and then I do my live uh, Facebook uh, Friday at 420 Central Time and uh, talk about what's going on in the show and different things, do some giveaways. And so those are fun. So make sure you're checking it out. Um, also, uh, some local metal news. Joey, you got some stuff to update us on? I was on? just going to reiterate that 
so far so good with a hoi6 your heart Heart of of illinois Illinois party yeah which is halloween um october 31st so that's coming Saturday up. in the vault. <laughs> but uh, I also wanted to uh, say to anybody that out there listens to my Goremonger shit that I had recorded an EP earlier in the COVID time, and my buddies Justin and Jesse uh, from fucking Ohio, our right. buddy Jesse, long hauler, long hauler. Yeah, but anyway, but they did it. We did a split, and uh, all my songs are based off of um, the Sleepaway Camp horror movies. So it's a concept EP, cool. and then all theirs are the Night of the Demons movies. Nice. So they oh, did a cool. concept on that, oh, and, yeah, and we're yeah. doing a split. And what's awesome is both the the girls in both those movies. This is, we didn't plan this, but both the 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 villains are both named Angela. So it's kind of like an Angela versus Angela split or whatever. (laughs) Nice. nice. So anyway, so I've had those songs written. I was pretty excited about them, been sitting on them. Finally got everything from uh, Jesse and them. Uh, Got the artwork done, everything. So I'm going to leak that. So that should be available in the next, uh, hopefully, um, the first, second week of September. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I think we we schooled these guys pretty well on some metal. So CK, what the fuck do we need to do right now? Get some mayhem on. Oh, yeah. This is Pete from Murder Metal Mayhem. Check out the new EP from an emerging metal band from Chicago, Vile Cynic. Their new Agony EP is a bludgeoning mix of death and thrash metal that will melt your fucking face off like 666 suns. You can stream or purchase their Agony EP now on all major services like Apple Music, Spotify, Google, and YouTube. Don't miss this slab of sickness from Vile Cynic. Go listen to their Agony EP today and find yourself throwing up the horns and banging your head. Murder Metal Mayhem has approved this message. Fuck yeah, man. Some Flotsam and Jetsam. Vile Cynic. uh, With their song Control and that Vile Cynic commercial. That's fucking awesome. Um, go check out those guys, uh, Vile Cynic with their Agony EP. That's uh, killer stuff, and it's out there on streaming. You can get a an actual copy of it. It's just like fart? a lawnmower over there or something. <laughs> Dude, is Wild Man Street the local Dude, biker club? Wild guess, Man Street is wild as fuck. <laughs> God damn. So uh, we are in mayhem tonight, guys, and uh, we got some stories. Apparently, Chris and Joey, you guys got a story for us. Yeah, so. yeah. I'll, I'll uh, go ahead and look. this is like a joint story. I think we're gonna yeah. tell it together. I mean, we let, smoke some joints. I mean, we, we definitely <laughs> smoke some joints. Well, I'll let you go ahead and start it off. Yeah. Uh, so this story, I mean, it, 
it's just basically what happened. Was, no, this is seriously yeah. what happened. So I've been working nonstop through this COVID shit, like working fucking most every day at work and shit. Uh, fucking just, it's just what's happening right now because fucking people right, call that's what happens. Sick. Right. So Saturday comes along, and I work Saturday, and I had to work Sunday. Right. But Trash Dick, our buddy, Necrocan Last Grinder, Phil, right. he's like, man, I'm having some people come out to my place. He lives an hour from us south. He's yeah, like, I yeah, got like, some people coming to hang out, and Down was doing, doing their, the live stream. Was doing yeah, a live yeah, stream, live or stream. Like we're getting the live stream down shit. Yeah, so they're all gonna watch that. He's like, do you want to come down? I was like, fuck yeah. So I was like, I got off work at two, oh, yeah. got over to Shawback's about three, picked up Shawback Nation. There's fucking five of There's us. Five of us, in Derek Christmas and Carver. Jake and fucking Michael. My brother, yeah, yeah, fucking getting it. So we're headed down to Springfield, and we're fucking. Oh my god, I, I was already feeling somewhat funny in the day. But, but not what but came, not, like, not, yeah. not like what happened, bro. And uh, so about fucking twenty minutes <laughs> into the drive, half hour into the drive, I was like, I gotta pull over, and I fucking whip into a gas station. I mean, this is only an hour trip, and that's not like me at all. Cause and, no, yeah, and that's what's funny. Like that, that, that this is where I'm gonna jump in yeah. real quick. It's funny as hell because this is not what Cash and He's like, I'm rolling, and we're all just fucking outside the gas station. Cashman whips in this gas station. He's in there forever. Like, goddamn, Cashman must have had this shit. We're out there just smoking, checking everything out. And fucking he comes out, like, ready to go. And then we start rolling again, and we're rolling for a while. But, yeah, it's fucked up. Not too long. And then we roll probably, like, 15 minutes longer. Yeah, 15 minutes. And then I stop again at, a, at another fucking gas station. And this time, you know, I'm in there for a bit. And I come walking out, and they're like, you okay? And I'm like, no. Yeah, you look at his face, and it's fucking white. Yeah, and we're, so we're, like, dude. half hour from fucking Phil's house. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to drive back to Bloomington. I was like, I'm going to make it. I already know this is a kidney stone. Right, I know That's what's, what's going on in my I had, life. Yeah. I had one of these before, uh, dude, so they're I, horrible. Yeah, man. and I knew I was like, I this is I'm gonna have to deal with this. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna try to make it to Phil's because I'm half hour from this place. I was like, somebody tell him by the time we get there, I might have to go get a ride to the hospital or something. You right. Know? So I yeah. So I so, so we're driving tr- trash. Yeah, and, but trash was on the other side of Springfield. Right. So we have to go through it. And I'm like, by the time we hit Springfield, I mean, I'm in so much fucking pain. Michael's giving fucking directions. Yeah, I'm crying. Again. I'm like, bro, I'm like, get me to the fucking hospital. I'm going to the hospital. So I and fucking he's drive. driving. Yeah, so this he's is probably driving like, during this. This is close to like 5 o'clock. So yeah. I pull up at the hospital. I get out, in I go in, right, yeah, in, Springfield. in Springfield, fucking, I'm, I'm dying in the fucking, in the waiting room. So I'm in there for, you know, probably four hours. No, it was four hours, yeah. for real. And and I had taken off, because I had to do the CAT scan, and do all that, so I got changed into the gym, the hospital gown or whatever, and my phone was in my fucking jeans, po- or, you know, in my pants pocket, my cargo shorts. Right. And they're fucking not in the same room as me anymore. So I had no way to contact these guys or whatever right. while I was waiting to go through all this. Okay, so bounce back to Chris. So while I'm in the hospital, Shawback Nation, Shawback mind you. Shawback Nation, we are outside the hospital. <laughs> like, none, like me, Michael, Jake. Derek, none of us have a fucking driver's license. Cashman, Cashman tossed me his keys before he walked in just so we could get in and out of the car or whatever. None of us have a driver's license. What, wow. what, what, what do you guys have? Whiskey. You got some whiskey, some beers, we got some beers weed. and some weed. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, we're fucking hanging out and we're like, Oh shit, what do we do now? So we, like, went for a walk. There's a gas station there. Went and bought a fucking goddamn uh, iced tea and shit. 
and then we go back to the parking garage and like right where we're parked at there's like these three cop cars sitting there the whole time and shit. it's like oh my god this fucking sucks dude we're in the parking garage i, I like go walk and i look i was like fuck that guys there's two picnic tables under some trees right there on the hospital parking or hospital property right so it's like Did you fuck throw yeah. up so, the shawback nation flag dude, and... I, dude I, I will say that when we were sitting there i claim this is snaz right here but yeah we went out we went out there we fucking sat at the picnic table and we we didn't do anything retarded it wasn't like we were out right. there getting fucking dumb fucking whatever That's we good. had all the stuff in the car whatever we might have took a sip of whiskey here and there, but I mean, it wasn't well, yeah. like we were out there partying or no sure. shit. And like, we were waiting on Cashman the whole fucking time and right. like worried, dude. I texted him a couple times and like he said, he didn't have his phone on him. So I was like freaking out. I started texting my parents like, hey, can you come down? Because I don't know what's up with Cashman. They won't tell me I'm from the hospital. Fucking, I don't know if he gets out if he's going to need a driver or right. whatever. So like, we just hung out there and then like what was it like 15 minutes after my ma said yeah we're gonna come down there and see what's up whatever fucking right he comes walking out we're like cashman what the fuck bro he's like okay cool so i call my parents and then we what we end up doing bro what we, we end up we doing? did end up going to trashes and nice. yeah, we for a little bit yes nice. we did. i was like after all that i was half hour i've never been to his house before i was like we're gonna go and he had some food made of right you know, and it was a good old party yeah dude. we hung out for a bit and i, I made and it once back they home. get the pressure off of that kidney it the pain goes away pretty quick yeah and uh like i said i'd had it before so i knew what i was in for yeah. and it was just so bullshit because like okay so i'm in pain obviously fucking driving and shit i get into the fuck i mean i'm in the fucking before they even see me before they give you any painkillers you're in there for hours you know what right. I'm saying? and they're fucking backed up and you know short staff and whatever else and fucking so i'm sitting there and then uh they take me and they're like okay so we're gonna do the cat scan so you have to go in there and get on your stomach because that's the best way for them to see what they're trying to see right and you gotta fucking hold your breath you know what i'm saying <laughs> and so once i did that and dude i was in so much fucking pain after that i was like i was wow. fine in there until you just fucking had me come in here and do this right and i mean i went in that fucking room and i'm, I'm fucking balled up crying i'm telling <laughs> the nurses i'm like man i'm sorry you know they're like trust me we know like it's, right. it's bad. Yeah, I've had 12 or 13 of them, dude. Jesus. They're fucking brutal, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is only my second it. one. Man. I know all about it, yeah. I thankfully I've never had one. Yeah. Oh, man. So anyway, I, I, that, that I was had gallstones, which are, which are equivalent. Yeah, yeah gallstones. Gallstones exactly. are right there, yeah. yeah. Wow. That shit sucks. Definitely. It was no a fucking fun. party night, though. But, but I it did, was a party it night. It was, though. and I felt like a man because I did drive myself to the hospital in all that pain. Right. And afterwards, I fucking made it back home and went to work the next day after nice. getting my meds. And Boom. Nice. And, you know. nice. <laughs> Very fucking good story, guys. So we've been talking about hell coming. Uh, we got 16 tag teams all set with 32 killers. And we got them broken down into matches that will go on each week. Uh, those of you that have been listening to the show remember our uh, March Mayhem contest. We're doing this similar. Uh, each one of us will get to play for one of the four listeners that uh, have got into the contest. And pretty awesome. Uh, we've got a mix of people from different parts of the country, which is cool. I was really hoping for a foreign listener, but we didn't get any. So... 
our first one is Rebecca Boomsock from Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. I thought it was Wisconsin Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Don't fuck me up. Uh, and we got another one, Chris, who's the we other? We got Chris Worcester from Flowery Branch, Georgia. That's right. Georgia ball. And then uh, Joey, we got a uh, Earl one. Cox from Pontiac, kind of close to us. Yeah, here. Pontiac, Illinois. And the final spot, CK. Um, Jay Scott from Hollywood, California. Yeah, and he is a very interesting dude because he goes by Nihilist Jello. That's G E L O. And he's actually a comic. He lives in Hollywood. He's a comic, and he's been in a shitload of horror movies, yeah. like 20 or 30 of them. Pretty crazy stuff. So that's really awesome. He's a listener, and yeah. he's in the contest. So it that's was funny. Cool right as after hell. you fucking messaged me and told me that, like yeah. I said, we had gone to Trash Dicks and yeah, after yeah. the fucking you know after the, the whole hospital, hospital we thing. And whenever about. we walk in, he has like all the evil bongs there. And this guy had been he was in Evil Bong Six. six, six right. So I was like, Chris, check this out. That dude, that's gonna be on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. He's in here. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So there's our four listeners. So uh, that's really cool. And so what we're going to do now, we're going to do it live on the show. We are going to pick which of the four listeners we're going to play for. Now, here's how it works, guys. I have the list here in my hand that you can't see of the oh, but listeners. you get to see. What the fuck? Well, I go last. <laughs> the listeners and a number associated with each one of them that we just mentioned. And so what we're going to do is, CK, you're going to pick... Uh, Chris, you have a, the pen that was in here. Is there a I pen? A pen it's around here somewhere. Um, Can you find my penis? Is uh, <laughs> What I want to do is have CK. Hang on one second. Thank you. Uh, CK, you are going to pick a number between one and four, and that's the listener that you are going to play for. One and four. Two. All right, CK, you are playing for... Nihilist Jello, <laughs> oh, the nice. comic from nice. Hollywood, California. From Danbury to oh, Hollywood. Shit. There you go. All right, and then Joey from Danbury. To you Hollywood. get to pick either one, three, or four. I'm gonna go with number one, baby, because that's what we're gonna be. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Earl Cox from Pontiac. Awesome. All right, Earl, it's on. I smoke a lot of Earl, so that's cool. <laughs> so, that's 710, baby. So Joey's playing for Earl from Pontiac, Illinois. And then, Chris, oh, what do you got? Number three, three or, or number four? four? I'm going to go with three. Number three, you're playing for the chick again, Rebecca. Yeah, we go win, girl. We go win. So you won last time. And then I'm playing for Chris Wurstrom from Flowery Branch, Georgia. So that's really cool. So that's how it's going. Yeah, he goes by Gorspawn, so yeah. that's crazy. We've got a Nihilist Jello and a Gorspawn <laughs> in the contest. And so Boomsock. Really awesome. I always think of Evil Dead with Boomsock. It's like, take a look at my Boomsock. <laughs> <laughs> it's not spelled like that, but that's how you phonetically spell it. Right. So that's how it is in the notes. Oh, okay, okay. But it's spelled differently <laughs> than that. So, But that's how she said you pronounce it. All right, so there's our four listeners. That's who we're each playing for. Oh, yeah. And what will happen is everyone. each Rebecca, week. We got this. Yeah, each week. What we'll do is we'll, we will all have our killers ranked, and then whichever one of us scores the lowest will be eliminated, and we'll keep going until there's only one of us left with the listener who wins the prize. 
though. Fucking right. All the listeners we mentioned are going to win a prize. It just it's depends. Different levels of prizes. And I'm still working on the details, so nothing I can divulge yet of a of a sponsor for this. But if this works out, it's going to be amazing because they're going to contribute to the prizes. So, but I'll wait until I know for sure, which is probably going to be when it rolls out with the Robert Berdella episode uh, the week after next. So so that's what we got going on. Um, so it's going to be awesome here in two weeks. The battle will begin. Fucking right. Now, we got a current killer cage match to get to tonight, guys. Of course, we got a list of 70 gotta killers. Fight, man. Gotta fight, 70 objects. And our listeners get to pick the uh, uh, objects and killers. And so, Chris, who do we got this week again to thank? Once again, we have Miss uh, Sue Romans. We got Chris Wallstrom, motherfucking Justin Morris. Killing it out there. Fuck yeah. yeah. Thank you, guys. And should be a good one tonight. Joey, who do we got going up against each other? The Flavor Aid sponsor, Jim Jones. Nice. <laughs> and then Casey Anthony's cunt ass. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Jim Jones. Casey Anthony going at it in a cage to the death. And CK, what are they going to be fighting with? Got a couple of good objects our listeners picked. Yeah, um, it'll be um, a a bucket of battery acid. Nice. And an iron iron fireplace poker. (laughs) Oof. With with the variable being um, two millennials with man buns fighting over a tub of (laughs) plant-based butter. (laughs) Okay. So... We got Jim Jones, Casey Anthony fighting to the death in a cage with a bucket of battery acid and an iron (laughs) fireplace poker with, in the same cage, two millennials with man buns fighting over a tub of plant-based butter. So, Chris, what the fuck do you make of this? I mean, this is just crazy here. I don't know, dude. This is too Jim Jones and Casey Anthony. I know, Jim Jones and Casey Anthony. Casey Anthony... I mean, Jim Jones wasn't a real big dude. Man, this one's really got me baffled, honestly. Because she's a lot younger than him in her prime and his prime. So you got this younger, you know, more obviously agile, a little more wiry. This one's got me really confused, dude. You're confused, Joe. Yeah, no, I'm super confused. You know what's fucked up? Unconfuse me, please. This is what's fucked up, is I was in the same predicament with Chris for this one. Because my idea is Jim Jones could obviously take out Casey Anthony. Right. Jim Jones is going to get those two fucking millennials with man buns. To follow him? Yeah, he's going to get them to follow him in a second. This, This is my biggest dilemma in all this. I don't think that Jim Jones would want Casey Anthony dead because he would want to have her around to have sex with her. Right, okay. he'd want to reproduce. Right, so that's so now, my dilemma is now, I, Casey, I don't feel like he like, kills well, her, I, but I feel if like they Casey have to. fucking see that acid bath, though. And that like is she, true. She is She's a killer. pretty nasty, man. She is a killer. Yeah. She get that acid bath on fucking all three of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might take a while. I think she would hang out for a while, but I think in the end, Casey and right. would just As long as Jim she can Jones. do drugs and party yeah. for a while, she's happy. <laughs> I mean, you know Jim Jones did a bunch of coke. Yeah. So, CK, what do you man, think know, about dude. this, this battle? I'm, I'm, fucking I'm, I'm, I'm taking... I'm, I'm going with Jim Jones. There you go. Okay. Because he, she has such a... Her... her she she's probably has such low self esteem because she's she's such a piece of shit. Very weak willed. Yeah, it's not gonna take much to talk her into doing anything. Yeah, 
So he's going to talk her into Is there any taking... flavor aid in the cage, Chris? <laughs> no. But I know it's... I, I got my idea. Keep going, CK. Keep telling me your story. I got mine figured he, out now. He, he's he's, he's going to, you know, after a while, he's going to talk to her and he's going to have her feel so much like shit that she's going to take the bucket of battery acid and just drink it. Oh, wow. And, and then while... while well, after she does that, he, she's just going to start poking her, her eyes with the fucking fireplace poker. She's going to start tearing at her vagina with Definitely it. Definitely her pussy. <laughs> Definitely her pussy. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then the, the two millennials are so weak anyway because... <laughs> right. Well, they're fighting the, over the butter. They don't you, give a shit. You know. I think Casey Anthony's no. going to take Jim Jones. She's younger. She's quicker. I think she gets a hold of that battery acid and pours it on his ass before no, he can preach. That's my take. I think Casey Anthony wins. So, like, I'm giving it to the fucking variable. The soy boy. These, mil- these millennials are going to get fucking be like, fuck you, because you know how fucking motherfuckers are. You kill people, you kill people, whatever. They're just going to grab that ass and throw it on both of them. They're just going to make a plant-based fucking grilled cheese with that butter. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, shit. I like grilled cheese. <laughs> All right, well, I think this is a very odd, just not really sure what's going to happen with this one. one. Yeah. It's definitely Super strange. Fucking weird. This, is, this is a strange <laughs> one. So you if you were hanging together. out in a room with those two people, it would be a strange experience. It would be. 100%. It really would be. So I think we dealt plenty of mayhem tonight, so let's hit that outro, guys. Fuck yeah, man. Onslaught. Six, six, fucking six. Loving that shit. Six, six, fucking six. That's like made for this show, man. It's just so fucking cool, man. So definitely digging those guys. Definitely pumped for that interview on Thursday with Nige. So that's going to be really cool. Thanks to Jesse Ensign for that interview from Incinerate. Very cool. Definitely... Go check those guys out. Pick up their new album on Comatose Records, man. It's I can't wait. CK, we're supposed to be getting a copy to review, uh, which I'll send to you, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, Jesse definitely. Jesse gave me a contact at the company dealing with that part of it, and I sent the email, and I haven't heard back yet. That's so good. Listen to it. Yeah, and like we said, him wanting to do that other segment with us. Yeah, that's gonna be killer. Uh, bumper music tonight by Flotsam and Jetsam, Onslaught, and Power Trip. Uh, definitely check out SpellboundEffectsAndArt.com for that sick and twisted catalog on their website. Artists like Tony Campagna doing it underground are definitely ones you got to support. Ridiculous with some insane shit. He does, man. He does. The baby's heads are the new ones. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> all he does is get ridiculous. Some of the stuff he does. Is, oh fuck! It's so realistic, man. Spike. Yeah. It's yeah. still amazing. Spike is fucking so Yeah, dope. so definitely SpellboundEffectsAndArt.com kind of made for Murder Metal Mayhem. Don't forget to check us out at MurderMetalMayhem.com if you want to listen to all the episodes, at least the ones you can get for out uh, without being a Patreon, uh, Patreon member. member. But we've got them all, 110 uh, of them. you got plenty to listen to. 
Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to that YouTube channel. And uh, as we mentioned, got that 666 Club with the VIP access. Joey, you mentioned the Dahmer episode, which I really thought turned out good. Yeah. Our Patreon members are loving it, and that's yeah. the only there. way you can listen to this. Right. So honestly, yeah. if even you just paid the three bucks a month just to be able to hear stuff like that, because we're doing, doing one on... We're going to do our Ramirez, Ramirez really soon, yes. Which is coming Screen up. Screen Door Intruder. Screen Door Intruder, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's going to be wicked. Um, so you want to hear this, and then all these interviews Jenny. we do, you get to hear the whole interview right after we do them. Yeah. So it's a good deal. So patreon.com slash murder metal mayhem. And again, if you go to the episode description, there'll be a link there for that. Uh, thanks to everybody out there listening. We appreciate yeah, it. We were at 5,600 listens last week. You're the reason That's we amazing. Make it You're the reason. We do that because you guys keep making the numbers bigger. You guys keep listening. Yeah. Thank y'all. Yeah. You guys it's very, shit. very cool. And we got some listener comments here, Chris. What about that first one, dude? Uh, Daniel Singer says, uh, I love uh, I love your Danny Rowling episode. I live in Gainesville when that happened. It was fucked up. Very scary. I live in California now. Great podcast. Hell yeah. Shit, yeah, dude. That's awesome. Glad she liked that. that Oh, I'm sure. That would would be super fucked up, man. Yeah, so that's crazy. Uh, Joey, what about the next one, dude? Bruce Wilkins, 777. (laughs) (laughs) The neighbor of the beast. Right. (laughs) This is my new favorite. You must be a Striper fan. Right. Right? I thought the same thing. Yellow and black attack. Yellow and black attack. But uh, Bruce Wilkins, 777, commented, This is my new favorite podcast. I love the mix of information with funny stuff. Those mayhem stories are fucking hilarious. I need to hang out with you guys. Awesome. Yeah, get I it. hope I hope Bruce, you heard the story of Joey shitting his pants in his apartment. <laughs> come if, hang out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, come hang out, bro. This yeah. is what we do. I think Shit. I think we should if we ever have Shit. an intern. Yeah, I think they should be forced up to do your laundry for right. like a month. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you fucked. shit in your pants, and then what was the other one you recently did? It, well, well, now you had a kidney stone. Well, yeah, but Shawbag so like burned a hole in my shawbag. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, put yeah. the cigarette down his ass. That was fun. CK, what about that third one, dude? Um, Randall Fleischman said, I listen to you from Germany. Oh, I yeah. love the podcast. My English is not the best, but you guys are real funny. Hey, awesome. you think that's awesome. I'm glad you listened from Germany. Yeah. Thanks. My Randall. German is terrible. <laughs> and all the machines that I have to work with at work, every error comes back in German. Oh, damn. Uh, well, Randall yeah. could help you out. Yeah, if you Randall, help me out, bro. Help me out, dude. Oh, man. And help then me. the last I'll send you one. screenshots of errors and you tell me what it says, please. <laughs> Metal Up Your Ass 854 said, I love the band Bear Mace. It was cool that you mentioned them last week. Keep on cranking up the metal. Hell yeah, that Bear Mace is fucking Bear Mace. very, very cool stuff from Chicago. A little uh, fucking heavy stuff, man. Definitely cool. Uh, can't let him go, though, without hearing a new karaoke Fuck song. No, we can't. <laughs> I thought about going back to the 70s with this disco song would be funny. So I hope you guys dig it. So crank it the fuck up. And until next time, keep one foot in the gutter. And your fist cranking your mother's udder. Whoa. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs>